1002 Springfield's Classic Rock. It's 533. And Forner with Bax and Nagel and Rock 102. It's going to be overcast today. There's a very slight chance of a shower today with a high of 57 tonight. Overcast. And those chances of showers actually increase to the low of 43. And then for tomorrow, cloudy and a high of 55. It's about 41 degrees right now in downtown Springfield. There's a chance, albeit slight, we may get around to uh, Am I the A-Hole? And the keyword to cash coming up after 8 o'clock. Someone could win $1,000. Maybe it's you. You'll have to listen to 8 o'clock for sure to get that keyword. You enter into rock102.com and uh, you got to do it before midnight tonight. So good luck with that. It's Bax and Nagel on Rock 102. Rock 102 wants to know. To Springfield's Classic Rock. It's 552 and free with Bax and Nagel on Rock 102. Uh, yeah, there you go. Hey, I'm right here. It's uh, it's going to be uh, mostly cloudy today uh, with a chance of a shower or two. The sky is beautiful out there right now. Did you see that? Uh, yeah, so yeah, it's beautiful. Out it's there. a red sky in the morning. Uh, sailors take warning. Ah, oh, Jesus. Hold on How a many second. sailors around here? I don't even, I don't even know. Give Are me you? just a second here. Yeah. Uh, stall for time. Oh, stall for time? Uh, well, I can tell you that uh, tomorrow is going to be more of the same. With, oh, okay. Uh, high of 54, and then Friday, you're going to see uh, cloudiness uh, with a high of 60. It's 40 right now in downtown Springfield. All right, you've, uh, you've stalled long enough. All right. Hollywood Trash is brought to you by Aquapump, an expert in all water supply systems from the well to the pump and into the house. Somehow you still care about what's happening in Hollywood. So, from Tinseltown, 3,000 miles away, it's Steve Nagel's Hollywood Trash. Are you more interested in seeing a movie if there's a certain actor or eye candy, if you will, in the cast? Well, of course. Of course. Of course you are. The National Research Group conducted a nationwide survey of people aged 12 to 74 to see which actors have the most box office appeal. Who do you think is number one? Uh, Mick Jagger. Tom Cruise. Tom Cruise still? Well, think about it. The age range they interviewed is 12 to 74. Yeah. He's now popular again because of the Top Gun remake or the sequel. And uh, people who were 74 40 years ago were in their 30s and, you know, uh, probably remember him from, you know, the original Top Gun. I get that, but... uh... But there isn't somebody out there that might be a potentially bigger draw? Well, number two is The Rock. All right, there's one that uh, I would have uh, picked. Number three is Tom Hanks. Everybody loves Tom Hanks. Brad Pitt. People like Brad Pitt. Denzel Washington. I'll always see a Denzel film. Julia Roberts. Nothing wrong with that. Will Smith and Leonardo DiCaprio. At the bottom of the list is Chris Hemsworth and Morgan Freeman. At the bottom? Yeah. I would have been uh, Morgan Freeman. I would have... uh, who hates Morgan Freeman? I don't know. I like uh, I like Paul Rudd. I like Paul Rudd movies. Yeah, I, I would guess. watch those movies. Um, let's see. I like... Uh, I'm trying to think of the worst actor I could think of. Clint Howard movies. Clint Howard. Yeah, is, yeah he's a draw. Yeah. He's a draw, definitely. Uh, Richard Grieco. All the ones that are uh, our open line... Uh, vo- uh, There's nothing studio. wrong with Richard Grieco. Well, there was something wrong with Richard Grieco. Not anymore. Not anymore. Uh, Hollywood writer, the Writers Guild of America authorized a strike yesterday morning. As of now, all late night shows have gone dark along with SNL. Writing on the upcoming seasons of Cobra Kai and Yellow Jackets has also been halted. I didn't think it was much writing on Saturday Night Live going on anyway. Yeah, I was going to say, there wasn't really much. <laughs> Seems like they're winging it. People coming up with their own stuff. 
At the Met Gala on Monday night, Jimmy Fallon said he would support his writers all the way in the event of a strike, but one of his own employees says he's not putting his money where his mouth is. Sarah Kobos, a senior photo research coordinator on The Tonight Show, and yesterday she tweeted, quote, he wasn't even at the meeting this morning to tell us we won't get paid after this week. She added, quote, Jimmy Fallon, please support your staff. Had fun bowling with you last week, but a fun party won't pay my rent. Ooh, man, that's the... That ruins all the bowling memories. In addition to not paying employees after this week, Kobo says NBC plans to cut off their health insurance after this month if the strike is still going by then. So basically, they're in limbo. And she pointed out that Seth Meyers has told his staff that he'd try to take care of them financially after NBC stops paying. He doesn't have that kind of money. No, he doesn't. But um, why does it feel like the, the writers were just on strike? I mean, I realize it's probably been like 10 years or whatever, but it just seems like they were just on strike. Remember yeah. like, like Mike Scully with a with a yeah it was like a sign in his like, hands and a broken foot. Oh, it's five years ago, so you figure another contract is up, so they're probably going after it again. I guess so. Meanwhile, Jay Leno showed up at a picket line at Disney to hand out donuts, and he doesn't even have a show right now. Hey guys, you know when you guys start writing stuff, uh, make sure you include me uh, next time uh, when you get this. Rob Lowe joined the picket line at Paramount to support his son John Owen, who's in the Writers Guild. How about uh, that. Natasha Leone was uh, also picketing at Paramount as she dropped this pearl of wisdom. Everybody's got to look out for each other. Otherwise, the world is gross. <sighs> it's true. Mm. It is true. Emma Watson hasn't done a movie since 2019's Little Women, but that's not, but not because she's not in demand. She says, quote, I wasn't very happy, if I'm being honest. I felt a bit caged. The worst part was having to go out and promote movies she really didn't have much control over. I was held accountable in a way that I began to find really frustrating because I didn't have a voice. I didn't have a say. Emma is interested in writing, producing, and directing, but she will return to acting under the right circumstances. She says, quote, I'm happy to sit and wait for the next thing, the next good thing. I just don't want to switch into robot mode anymore. Okay. Yeah, no one wants to be a robot. Well, what if that's the role, though? What if she is cast as a... Well, she'll have to wait until yeah. after the uh, writer's strike is over. Leave it to uh, Jeff Bridges to see the positives in battling cancer and COVID at the same time. He says, quote, It just heightened my experience of, the m- of most of my philosophies in life, and it all gets down to that corny L word, love. That seems to be what's running my ship and going through these tough times. It's kind of exacerbated all that philosophy of love. Mm. Did he ever find that rug that really ties a room together? Or is it still the nihilists that he's trying to track down? Somebody peed on that rug. Right. Yeah. The nihilists. He adds, when you get close to losing something like that, your gratitude and your thankfulness for what you have, the people that you love, and the love that you feel for your loved ones grows. It just magnifies it. You know, it's... uh, You're talking to a guy who's probably got enough money to not worry about all the other problems that everybody else worries about. Yeah, except, you know, when you're sick like that, you know, it's like... It just shows you that no matter how much money you have, you're still a human being. Yeah. Even the dude. Even the dude. Kevin Costner's wife of 18 years, designer Christine Baumgartner, filed for divorce. Really? Yeah, there's no word on what led to the split. She's just claiming irreconcilable differences. Uh, I built him. He didn't come. I don't know why. And now I will take him down piece by piece. She also uh, is not asking for spousal support, but there is a prenup. We want prenup! We want prenup! (laughs) So she's obviously getting something. Uh, This was Kevin's second marriage. He and Christine share three children, 12, 14, and 15. They're both asking for joint custody. 
A rep for Kevin said, quote, It's with great sadness that circumstances beyond his control have transpired, which have resulted in Mr. Costner having to participate in a dissolution of marriage action. We ask that their privacy be respected at this time. Okay. All right. Well, then uh, there you go. That's yeah. why you that's why you hire a publicist to let uh, everybody know. Yeah. Uh, a company will pay someone a thousand dollars to watch all ten Fast and Furious movies and track the car crashes. They'll use the data to estimate the insurance costs. Hmm. I mean, I could do that. Was uh, did they have uh, originally? They hired Dennis Ledger to give them the estimates on the accidents. <laughs> Yeah, he but would be good on that. He, he would have been the he would have been the best guy for that uh, Perfect. for that action. No one knew damage like Dennis. Uh, Kim Kardashian wore pearls at the Met Gala. Really? Mm-hmm. She must have something to say. Oh my God! The last time I had pearls like this was when Ray J gave me the Liberace bow tie in that sex tape you can purchase on YouPorn for thirty nine ninety five. I don't even need to ask what that is. It's I'm a just pearl going... necklace with glitter. Yeah, that's what I thought. Yep. Yeah. And Caitlin? Well, I never got that down and dirty with your mother, Chris Kim, but I once gave her a Mayo bracelet. A little DNA eye patch. What are you trying to say? What I'm trying to say is she was attacked by the Pink Eye Pearl Harbor. <laughs> it started at 2 o'clock in the morning. <laughs> okay, that will live <laughs> a, a, in infamy. Yeah, very much live in infamy. <laughs> that's your Hollywood trash. She nearly drowned, for God's sake. <laughs> and that's your Hollywood trash from Rock 102. Ah! Have you lost the only key? Derby set for Saturday. Forte is the 3-1 to one morning line favorite. Sports is brought to you by the Connecticut Lottery. I'm Scott Cohen with Sports on Rock 102. Stay tuned. And now, Bax's View from the Couch, brought to you by Rocky's Ace Hardware, with Scott's four-step, four easy steps to an awesome lawn. Hey, good morning, sports fans. How the heck are you? Folks, as you probably know, I'm not one who is easily offended by things. I have pretty thick skin, except some areas where it may be stretched to capacity. Otherwise, I'm the sort of fellow who can take a joke. This is because I see humor in all things, no matter how tragic or horrifying or how sensitive the situation may be. However, comedy is all about timing, and there are times when your timing sucks. And that is where I have to draw the line. On Monday, less than a day after the Bruins were defeated by the Florida Panthers in Game 7 of the opening round of the Stanley Cup playoffs, some corporate smartass from the Mars Corporation the company that makes Skittles and other once-delicious candy-coated confections, thought it would be hilarious to pick up their cell phone and make the following statement on Twitter, where they said, and I quote, My weekend wasn't great, but at least I didn't choke away a 3-to-1 playoff lead. Anyways, taste the rainbow. They then followed that brash, irresponsible statement with another tweet that said, quote, Please stop throwing Skittles into Boston Harbor. It was a joke. Oh, really? You think that was funny? Having your soul ripped out on a Sunday night, the final minute of the third period, and watching a near-perfect regular season come to a heartbreaking collapse, and you want me to laugh about it? Listen here, Skittles. There are those who are willing to shoot up 12 packs of Bud Light because they're not crazy about the marketing, and now you want to make jokes at one of the darkest moments in New England sports history? Well, rumpus time is over, Mr. Skittles social media marketing guy. This brazen and cold-hearted microaggression has left me with a very bad taste in my mouth. A taste that is almost as bad as a mouthful of Skittles, which, quite frankly, are not that delicious. And I, for one, will no longer be buying your product. Of course, I wasn't buying them before the playoffs, and I certainly won't be buying them now. I don't care how low my blood sugar may get. I won't be relying on your crappy product to adjust my insulin-resistant hypoglycemic levels. I can tell you that right now. 
But hey, end of my yapping sports brought to you by Rocky's Ace Hardware. Got a spring painting project on the way? Rocky's got paint advisors in every store. They got an eye for color. They share tips and tricks and advice. You're not on your own in this one because Benjamin Moore paints and cabinet stains all available at your neighborhood Rocky's Ace Hardware. I'm back. That's my view from the couch. Rock 102. Springfield. Rock 102. Springfield's classic rock at 614. Jesus, 614 already? And uh, Aerosmith with Bax and Nagel on Rock 102. It's like we've been here for 45 minutes or so. <laughs> like we've really put in our well, time. I've, I've been here for 45 minutes. Yeah, no, I, I, I've already put in a full day. Um, yesterday, uh, when we were on the air, mm-hmm. Autumnist Farms out of Feeding Hills dropped off this enormous amount of food. Like, like, it, like an ungodly amount of food. You know, occasionally someone will drop off a box of donuts or something like, you know, Judy Matt's going to be here tomorrow. She's going to bring food. She always does. Well, she brings ribs and cornbread and all yeah, that and that's, Yeah, and that's great. There's nothing wrong with that. These people brought so much food. Well, let, let me put it this, this way. There's like 20 people that work here, yeah. okay? There was enough food for 60 people. There was enough food for double lunch for everybody for the week. Yeah. Now, uh, it was delicious. Mm-hmm. Don't get me wrong. I am not... I am not uh, bad mouthing them at all. In fact, if they want to keep bringing food, I'm yeah. all for it. But uh, you see how little is left. Yeah, I just ate another bacon, egg, and cheese sandwich <laughs> out of there because it was. Uh, I figure I figure that'll help my gallbladder issues. Let's get a greasy breakfast sandwich and uh, yeah, and, and put that up. Uh, they had up like a bunch of uh, like brown paper bags, and each in each bag there was like yeah. four or five uh, burgers or sandwiches or grinders yeah. or whatever. And I went up to the fridge, uh, you know, this morning because I just, uh, you know, just just out of curiosity because I'm I'm I've already eaten, but I just I said, well, I wonder, I wonder how much of that is left. Yeah, there's like hardly hardly there's two any ba- left. There's two bags left. There was uh, two bacon egg and cheese. Now there's one bacon egg and cheese sandwich left. Right, and then there's a. We well, got some of, of it right there. Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Very good. Uh, there, there's a couple of burgers in there, I think. Still, le- just that's it. Out of all that food that was brought yesterday, uh, only three sandwiches are left. Okay, subtract you and me for yeah. here for a second. Mm-hmm. It means 18 people yesterday were flying over those bags of food like a bunch of vultures. Yeah. I, I've never seen so much food get packed away in this place. Well, uh, because it's good food. <laughs> I know. Uh, it's usually, good when food. somebody brings, like, uh, let's say they bring, uh, like, Entenmann's. Like a box of Entenmann's donuts. Yeah, right. That stuff will sit there for four or five days, and nobody will touch it. And then we'll have to decide which one of us is going to be the lucky one to throw that last moldy one away. But not not with the not with that food yesterday from Autumn Mist. That was uh, that's some good stuff. Oh my god, it was so delicious. But you know, uh, as uh, as someone who has been, uh, 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 that, I don't know if you've noticed this. Yeah, I've had a slight weight problem over the years. You, yeah. Um, Never would have guessed. Yeah, no, it's true. And, uh, you know, under normal circumstances, I would have packed down like four or five of those burgers yeah. at a time. And I just I just I just couldn't I just uh, couldn't do it this time. I don't know hey, I you're getting older and you don't eat as much anymore. I don't cook as much anymore. Last night I cooked dinner. Yeah. Four pieces of chicken. And there was still two pieces left. You know, like not, my kids don't eat that much food. Mm-hmm. So I in order to cut down on waste. You know, you, you only cook like half the package of chicken. So I got the got the chicken. I made a really good meal last night. Did you? Yeah. It was really easy, too. You want to hear about it? What, tell me. Or do you have something to say? No, go right ahead. I want to hear the chicken. Um, I did uh, oven-fried chicken in a cast-iron skillet. 
Oh yeah, yeah. It was really good. Uh-huh. I just uh, I had chicken thighs that I tore the skin off of, mm-hmm. and then I uh, I like fried them in the pan in some olive oil. Oh yeah, with like a, it was like a flour and panko right, uh, right. mix, and then uh, with like an egg wash, mm-hmm. and then uh, you you fry that and you brown it, and then <sighs> once you once you brown it on both sides, then you stick it in a four hundred degree oven for thirty minutes. Now you're talking with uh, with onions and peppers. And then a stick of butter over the top, so oh. it melts all over the uh, the 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 butter. Perfect. Thirty yeah. minutes came out perfect. Um, sounds unbelievable. Yeah, I made a meatloaf last week. You want to talk about getting older and eating less? I made a meatloaf. meatloaf. I occasionally like a good meatloaf, right? I haven't had one in a while. I know. And I cut myself a slice, not a huge slice, just a, a, a normal everyday run of the mill slice, maybe a little more than like uh, six or seven inches thick. And uh, I only ate like half of it. And I and words came out of my mouth I thought I would never say like oof these portions yeah. <laughs> like I couldn't I couldn't believe what kind of portion I had it's like I can't eat all this what am I supposed to do with all this I know I got all this meatloaf that's half eaten well maybe uh, maybe your brain is maturing and saying you know what I don't need to eat this entire piece of meatloaf or yeah. you have a tumor the size of a grapefruit inside your stomach that's preventing you from eating anymore well I'm gonna go with option number one yeah. uh, just because it sounds better and uh, and less uh, less awful but it's interesting how uh, I've never been able to come to that conclusion earlier in my life that maybe I just don't need 15 pounds of uh, meatloaf in a day. You know, I, uh, I've i been burning so many calories on that Peloton bike every day mm-hmm. that I kind of don't really, I should worry about the calories that I eat, that I consume. Yeah. But when you work out, you tend to eat less anyway. Yeah. You know what I mean? So recently I've been on this uh, little diet thing and I downloaded an app to kind of like watch my calories because I kind of want to, I think that being in a calorie deficit for me would probably be a really good idea. And uh, so I've been on it and, uh, you know, I track and everything and I'm trying to be honest uh, with it. And, you know, I enter the item and it tells me how many uh, calories are in it and I add it and I try to go under like 2000 calories a day and I never even get close to it. So I've lost a little bit of weight, but it's like, you know, when you think it, when you when you when you compare uh, what you do eat to what you need to eat, <laughs> and you're guys like us, and you've got all of a sudden got a cardboard box loaded with fifteen thousand pounds of hamburgers from a delicious nearby farm. Yeah, I don't know if I needed all uh, sixty pounds of delicious uh, hamburgers and breakfast uh, sandwiches. Yeah, but you can have a little bit at a time, which I did. Yeah, right. Well, I there did. You go. I had one, and that was that was good. It was so good. You know, sometimes just like pacing yourself and letting yourself feel full. Like I was always the kind of person that would just eat and eat and eat. Yeah. Without even like giving myself a chance to to like take a breath. You know, I'm, I'm you know, especially with you know working in a business that has free food a lot. It's really hard not to like eat all that stuff. Well, and, I mean, you, and you call it's called morning show ass. Yeah. It is. Yeah, well, you know, I, I hated being rude to people who would bring in like uh, donuts and things like lots of bread and stuff. I yeah. know I, I didn't like being rude about it, so I was trying to, you know, uh, say well, thank you very much, yeah. and, and yeah, just diminish my involvement yeah. in picking through all that stuff. And uh, you know, hey, uh, as long as I'm tracking, I could probably have a little bit, but I can't have a, a whole lot. I'm still fascinated by some people, like on the TikToks. There's a guy who uh, does all these food challenges all over the world. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, then I'm going to have like the uh, the seven pound hamburger. And the guy knocks it down without a problem, and he he posts the video of him, uh, you know, eating. He has an hour to kill like the biggest pizza in the world, and he knocks it down in, like fifteen minutes. Yeah, 
guy's an animal. But it's he like keeps, a Joey Chestnut kind of thing. Yeah, except Joey Chestnut, I think, is a, almost like a speed eater more yeah. than about a mount. Right. I mean, I mean, you know, 70 hot dogs is a lot of hot dogs, but it's 70 hot dogs in a very defined period of time as a race. This guy is just racing against himself. Yeah, I, that and doesn't I, appeal I looked, to me. I'm fascinated by it because it's like, well, how does a guy jam 10 pounds of food into his system <laughs> without being 500 pounds or dying? Because everybody is built differently. You know what I mean? I know. Everybody is built uh, <sighs> Everybody has different ways of processing foods and things like that. Maybe uh, Joey Chestnut is built differently than the rest of us. Maybe this guy... Uh, has this like stomach that's three times the size as everybody else's. Yeah, you I don't think, know. I think his name is like Randy Santel. The guy's unbelievable. And he, uh, Santel, unbelievable. Just like like uh, almost like an inspiration. Oh well, well there you go. He's he's inspiring you to. Yeah, and then I think he's got a girlfriend or a wife who does the same thing. I think it's his wife because she does kind of the, the same kind of challenge. She's this little tiny pipsqueak of a woman. She's like you know probably like. Five nothing and 130 pounds, and she pounds the food down just like she he oh, does. I bet she does. Oh my I god! I bet like, she does. How do they even go grocery shopping? Is she, once a week? she a sausage gal or a kielbasa gal? She doesn't. She doesn't care. She'll yeah. have it. She'll have it all. Yeah, that's the kind of chick you want. Yeah, this guy. These I'm telling you, the world record holder of worldwide food challenges over and over again. 1,151 food challenges. This guy has won. I want a chick that can eat me under the table. Like drink, you know, you drink you under the table. Yeah, or eat me under the table. Yeah, you, uh, you know, you overeat. That's what I'm, I'm saying. Just, I'm just considering the way you worded that. That's all. It's uh, well, I'm. Just, you know what I'm talking about, right? Well, I mean that that's yeah. that means two things. That means two things. <laughs> it's six twenty three with Bax and Nagel on Rock one hundred two. Are you home? Your business too. Six twenty-six. Bax and Nagel on Rock One Hundred Two. It's uh, going to be cloudy today with a chance of a shower and a high of fifty-seven. Tomorrow, more of the same with a high of fifty-four. It's forty right now in downtown Springfield. The uh, keyword to cash coming up after eight o'clock. Your chance of winning a thousand dollars. I'll give you all the details about how that's going to work, and uh, it's coming up after eight. All right, you ready to laugh? I am. It's Bax and Nagel's joke of the day. I'm funny how? I mean, funny like I'm a clown. I amuse you. On Rock 102. I make you laugh. Springfield's <laughs> classic rock. Did you hear about the new uh, origami porn channel? No, I haven't uh, heard about that. Uh, it's pay-per-view only. Get it? <laughs> yeah, pay-per-view. Yeah, paper, origami yeah. and it folds up in a piece of paper. Yeah, it folds up into one of those little lady parts. <laughs> funny. Whoo. <laughs> Bax and Nagel in the morning on Rock 102, Springfield's... 629 with Bax and Nagel on Rock 102. It's time for news brought to you by Naples Home Buyers. They buy homes as is and offer solutions to any problems. Naples Home Buyers. Here's local radio icon Steve Nagel. Thanks, Bax. A man has died after a shooting inside an apartment on Union Street Sunday night. Springfield Police Spokesman Ryan Walsh said officers were called to the apartment for reports of shots fired inside the building. When they arrived, they located an adult man with a gunshot wound. He was taken to Bay State Medical Center but died from his injuries. The Springfield Police Homicide Unit is investigating along with the DA's office. If you have any information on the incident, you're asked to call the Springfield Detective Bureau. Uh, five people are without a home after a fire in Springfield's uh, Indian Orchard neighborhood overnight. Uh, according to Springfield Fire Captain Drew Primonti, firefighters were called to six Berkshire Street at around 11 p.m. No one was injured in the fire, but five residents were forced out 
and are now being assisted by the Red Cross. The arson and bomb squad is investigating the cause of the fire. You think they're not uh, quoting uh, Droopy Monty anymore because he doesn't want us to say Droopy Monty? Uh, I think that's a possibility. I mean, uh, you know, we weren't the ones who made it up. No, no, but uh, we passed it along. Well, that's, you know, that's kind of what we do, mm. really. Um, we just repeat things that we heard from other people. We're like little gossip queens. We're like a, this is like a little hen house here. Well, isn't that what news is all about? I mean, you're basically repeating things that people have already said. Repeating and speculating. Yes, yeah. right, yeah. And then occasionally, like, editorializing after a story is over. Uh, a dog found abandoned and tied to a pole in Granby is now available for adoption through the MSPCA. The dog named Porter is a two-year-old pit bull terrier mix spayed female. Porter was taken in by the MSPCA Boston Adoption Center after she was found tied to a pole on Porter Street in Granby. Oh, I get it. Porter, because she was found on Porter Street. Mm-hmm. Uh, she required treatment for a skin condition as well as dental work, but is now ready for adoption. Well, we were going to call her Granby, but then people would be confused. Of, is it Granby Mass or Granby Connecticut? Connecticut. Yeah, that confuses everybody. Uh, according to the MSPCA, she became more playful after recovering. She's still learning to interact with other dogs and prefers to be the only dog in the home, but could also live with older children. If you're interested in adopting a porter, you can apply on the MSPCA adoption website. Well, that's good. Good news. <sighs> a uh, Springfield man has been indicted by a grand jury for allegedly engaging in sexual exploitation of a three-year-old child. Come on. 42-year-old Barion Ubeda of Springfield has been indicted on multiple charges, including receiving child pornography. According to court documents from December to 2018 to February 2019, Ubeda allegedly persuaded and coerced a three-year-old child to engage in sexually explicit conduct to produce child pornography. It's also alleged that Ubeda knowingly received and possessed child pornography. If found guilty, he faces up to 30 years in prison, which doesn't seem like a long enough time. If only 30 years? Mm-hmm. No, it's not enough time. Debris fell off a building next to Holyoke City Hall Tuesday morning. Uh, Steve, I closing... believe that's pronounced debris. Yeah, whatever. I know you went to that fancy schmancy school out there in Wisconsin. No, I actually learned that in, uh, I would say, grammar school. According to the Holyoke Fire Department, High Street was closed from Suffolk Street to and Dwight Street around 9.39 a.m. Tuesday morning. morning, but has since reopened. Uh, the 22 News crew... They could see things. Do you want to know what they saw? I'm dying to find out. There was police tape blocking off an area around the building next to City Hall. Debris from the building fell to the street level, but the building hadn't collapsed. It's crazy. Uh, 22 News reporter, I believe it is pronounced debris. 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 Holyoke Fire Captain David Rex said there were no injuries. The building was built in 1906 and is currently not occupied. Firefighters have put up scaffolding and used a drone to evaluate the damage. Rex said they believe the building is structurally okay, but they're concerned about the roof and the paneling around the edges of the roof. The exact cause of the fallen debris is under investigation, but Rex said they believe the birds may have pushed some of the debris down. Weather may also be a factor. <laughs> you got some like rogue bird out there going, hey, Hey, Gil, watch this. Watch me push this. Oh, oop, oops. I landed on the little perch and the and the rock fell off down to the street. Hope it doesn't hit anybody. You're dark, man. You're dark. Yeah. <laughs> Some birds have got such lousy attitudes. 
The exact cause, uh, yeah, they said the, the birds. Unfortunately, with all the rain, the weird weather pattern we've had, it's been a lot more water than anything, and if the roof isn't completely intact, this is what we deal with. The owner of the property is aware of the situation and is working to make repairs. Really? Are you? Because if the building has been abandoned and nobody's been in it, right. what kind of repairs were you working to make to begin with? See, this is the problem with all these abandoned properties everywhere. Yeah, well... You know, the, the, the problem is you know, so many of these, uh, these landlords just, you can't find them. No. Yeah, I mean, they're not just absence. A, totally absent. Like, they, 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 their phones are down. They're, they've disappeared. The uh, Massachusetts Department of Public Health will allow masks to come off in healthcare facilities starting on May 12th. That's about time. That's in line with federal and state public health emergency ending on the 11th. The White House on Monday announced that federal vaccine requirements will end the public health emergency along with face masks in health care facilities. Does this mean uh, we can also get back to having in-person school committee meetings and town meetings instead of being on Zoom? Well, we're not at that point yet, Steve. I mean, it's you listen, you got eight days before you can uh, take the mask off mm. at a doctor's office. The concern is that patients who are disabled, elderly, and immunocompromised will be at higher risk of infection and death when seeking care. So then why don't you just make those people? It's a good question. I don't. Uh, I don't really know. I find though, and and I know that uh, that when I'm required to wear a mask, like I don't always have a mask on me now. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've gotten like that. Uh, you know that. Uh, you know that permissive in my life where I don't always go. But then you know if I'm going into a medical building and the sign yeah. says you can't enter without a mask, I'm like ah. Jeez, I gotta go back to my car and grab the mask off the floor underneath the floor mats and yeah. and then go in. Listen, I go to the doctor's office the other day and it says everybody needs to wear a mask, right? And yeah. Then you go in there and they have their masks off behind the de- like they're they have it pulled down. Yeah, just, right. They can breathe, you yeah. know. And I don't care. It's like whatever. Like we're done with this whole thing. Like we, we can just go back to being the way we were. Well, the thing is. Um, when people get COVID now, mm-hmm. it's not the, it's not really the deadly COVID they had the it's first like time the around. Now. Yeah, it's yeah. it's the flu, and or it, it, yeah, or like a very very bad inconvenient cold. Right. That's kind of what the variants are now. Now, if you're you know if you're still immunocompromised, you don't want to get that kind of thing. Well, then that's you know that's fine. That's your business. But uh, you know, uh, everybody else has got the masks off. Lara Germ Anus, co-founder of the Massachusetts Coalition for Health Equity. I'm sorry. What her name? What is her name? J I R M A N U S. Germ Anus. I believe it's Germanus. Or Germanus. Germanus. I'm sure it's not Germ Anus. How do you know? I don't know for sure, but I'm sure that even if it was, she'd probably go around introducing herself in some other way. Well, she might need a mask for that Germ Anus that she's got going on there. It's not how you wear a mask, Steve. Well, have you ever been with Lara? I don't think you have. I haven't. They said many disabled people are frightened. There are people who have been uh, told by their physicians should they catch COVID, they are at risk of dying. The Massachusetts Coalition for Health Equity uh, said that they want health institutions to prioritize keeping patients safe, saying they should be able to access services without putting their health at risk. Yeah, 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 it's yeah, like, yeah. how long are you going to carry this on for? Yeah, we're... we're 
the reason why they took away all those mask requirements to begin with is because we kind of went over that hump of not being, you know, having the uh, that surge right. of uh, of the deadly uh, version of, uh, of all that stuff. Yeah, I mean, when it was bad, it was really, really bad. But you know, now, like we seem to be kind of beyond it. Kind and, of and, beyond it. And, and you know, medical offices are really the only ones that I can think of that uh, that haven't eased up on that restriction. No. So. Uh, TSA officers located a loaded firearm inside of a carry-on bag at Bradley International Airport. Monday How'd afternoon. that get in there? I have no idea. According to the TSA, Connecticut State Police were notified of the firearm. State Police recovered a 9mm firearm with a chambered round and two ammo clips with a total of 20 rounds. A 40-year-old Connecticut woman has been arrested following the incident. Our TSA officers once again are on top of ensuring firearms stay out of aircraft cabins, said uh, William Constos, uh, TSA Federal Security Director for Connecticut. Loaded firearms at TSA security checkpoints present an unacceptable safety and security risk to other passengers. TSA officers have detected 19 guns at New England security checkpoints in 2023, including six at Logan and three at Bradley. Last year, TSA discovered a record amount of 47 firearms at New, New England security checkpoints. What is uh, that's a that's a lot of of incidents for people like how dumb can you be thinking that you can bring this on your carry on? There are rules mm-hmm. when you carry a firearm online or on the aircraft that you have to keep it locked and in the in a it has to be checked. It has to be uh, you know under the plane. You, you can't know, have it on you. I think uh, you know carrying a gun. In your carry-on luggage was a stupid thing to do before 9/11, and then ever since 9/11, ever since uh, you know you got uh, different security protocols at airports. Yeah, it's even dumber to think that you can get onto a plane with a gun in your carry-on. And then, and, and but all these, a lot of these people say, "Well, I, I don't. I thought I put, put take it, taking it out of there. I I didn't think I had it still in there." When you're packing your carry-on luggage, do you pack a half-full bag already? Uh, I don't. Usually the bag is empty before I pack it again with extra stuff. Yeah, you always. I always take everything out to make sure I don't have anything that would ring alarms at the TSA thing. Right? You know, well, I thought I did, and I had that bottle of water in there last time. But well, that's, I mean, that's different. That was just me grabbing last-minute stuff at the, uh, at the hotel before we left to get back on the plane. You don't want that complimentary bottle of water to go to waste? I, I think you know what it is. I think one of my kids put it in there, and and, I'm, and, and it wasn't because uh, I don't remember putting it in there myself. Right. And I probably would have remembered putting it in there if it was a water bottle. But you would think that with all the like the the all the stories about TSA in the last uh, twenty three years, and with you know everything about uh, your know, protection from yeah. terrorism and all this other stuff, that you just say. There's got to be another way I can bring this thing onto the plane. Maybe I should uh, store it in my checked luggage. Yeah. Okay. Well, be, uh, you're not going to go down on the cargo hold halfway through a flight. One of them uh, doctors that we used to have on here from Bay State. Yeah. Years ago, I ran into him uh, at the TSA checkpoint, and he was walking away from the TSA checkpoint. And I said, uh, what, what What are you doing? He's like, I have to go mail this to myself. And it was this giant butterfly knife that he had. Like this, well, it wasn't a butterfly knife. It was a knife. Yeah. Like a hunting knife almost kind of thing. But I had like, it was pretty fancy. He was going to have to go over to the kiosk and mail it back to himself because he couldn't bring that kind of weapon on the plane. But it was just like, how do you not know that you don't have this stuff in your pocket? I don't get it. I don't understand. 
and why you think that would be okay to bring that on a plane with you. Pretty sure that when you get to the airport, they still have that uh, that big sign that yeah. shows you like a, like a graphic of all the things you're not supposed to bring on a plane. Yeah. You know, you know, guns, Listen, knives, uh, you there, know, throwing there, stars, there's really nunchucks. No, there's really no excuse because it's listed on their website of what you can and cannot bring on an airplane. Yes. With you, and it tells you how many ounces of this and that you can bring with you. It's all that stuff is available for everybody to see. It's not like some hidden agenda yeah. that when you get there, you're like, oh, I didn't know that. And it's, it's the same list of stuff <laughs> that has been uh, banned for the last 23 years. Yeah. It hasn't changed that much. Here's the other thing. Like, when I travel with my kids, yeah, I don't have to go through that x-ray thing. You know, the thing where you put your hands up in the air and oh, yeah. they, they x-ray you? Yeah. When you're traveling with children, you only have to go through the metal detector. Really? Yeah. And because they, they would take, you know, the last couple times I've done this, they said, okay, well, you guys come over in this line. And then we're in this line and they take that, they have that wet floor uh, right. cone thing. Mm-hmm. Well, there is no wet floor inside that metal detector. I don't know why they have that there. But they take the wet floor cone out, and then they say, okay, you can come in through this way. It's just weird. It's, that just, is, it's odd that, that, that they do it that Well, if you're traveling alone with kids, I can understand, like, the inconvenience of, you know, being temporarily, you know, like your kids are kind of exposed out I, there. I can see that for little kids, but yeah. my kids are, like, they're preteens. Like, they're old enough to, to you know, go through those things yeah. themselves, I, you know. But I don't know. Maybe it's a maybe it's a one of their policies that nobody really knows about until you actually yeah, get there. Yeah, about that. Your uh, Pioneer Valley forecast today: it is going to be uh, overcast for most of the day, with a chance of a shower. High of fifty-seven tomorrow. More of the same with a high of fifty-four. Forty right now in downtown Springfield. I'm Steve Nagel, and that's the news on Rock One Hundred Two. Ah, yeah. Rock 102, Springfield's Classic Rock at 651 and the Allman Brothers with Bax and Nagel on Rock 102. Overcast today and tomorrow, a chance of a shower here and there with a high of 57 today. 54 tomorrow, it's 40 right now in downtown Springfield. I told you I was going to tell you how uh, the keyword to cash thing works. Yeah, go ahead. Here's how it works. At 8, 11, 2 o'clock, and 5 o'clock this afternoon, you listen for the $1,000 keyword to cash. When you hear the word, you write it down, go to rock102.com before midnight, for your chance to win $1,000. Now, I will tell you what the word is, and I will spell it for you. I may even use it in a simple sentence. Uh, you play every weekday to increase your chances of winning. It's your chance of putting $1,000 in your pocket with the keyword to cash. Brought to you by TextMeForTires.com, Kim Keogh of the Nielsen team, uh, uh, Living Keller Williams, and Brock 102, Springfield's Classic Rock. Uh, we got some breaking news out of the town of Ware. Apparently, uh, do you need, uh, no, I don't you need breaking okay. news. Music. Right. Uh, they're gonna they're gonna keep the sale of nips going. They're not gonna ban the nip bottles. Good choice. And you know wear. what? Good it's choice. Like, uh, it's like you're in where when in Rome. You know, uh, do as the Romans do as the Wermans do. Is there is there and, any and drink your nips and it, throw them in the in the on the street? Is there any home or vehicle in the town of where it does not have nips on the floor somewhere? No, I don't think there is. I think that's actually a requirement. That's a town ordinance that you need to have nips in your car at all times. It's, it's important. Yeah. It's important to the town of where, say, like a smoke alarm. Yeah. Uh, it, it might be. You got a. You know anybody with a weird side hustle out there? You know, because people are doing the side hustle thing to make money during the economy. <sighs> I know a guy who's made an entire career out of one side hustle after another. Yeah. Yeah, like he's never. He kind of comes from money. 
Yeah, so he has all these little projects that he's able to do. Right, yeah. but unlike his parents that you know worked very hard with really great ideas and yeah. intelligence to get their money, this guy's been doing everything from selling like new skin products to Bitcoin to everything you can imagine in between. I know some people like that. Yeah, it's a yeah. bit much. Uh, anyway, uh, you're not going to beat this. A former mortuary worker from Little Rock, Arkansas is facing charges for stealing body parts and selling them through Facebook. Well, I mean, if you're going to fa- sell them, uh, Marketplace is a good bo- way to buy. I've never seen uh, a body part, body part on <laughs> Facebook Marketplace. Her name is Candace Scott, and she's 36. She worked for a company that provided the University of Arkansas with cadavers for medical research. And last year, police got a tip that she'd been selling body parts to a guy in Pennsylvania and selling them through the mail. She allegedly got in touch with him through a Facebook group he called runs od- he runs called Oddities that sells weird stuff. Her initial message said she loved his work and asked, just out of curiosity, would you know anyone in the market for a fully intact embalmed brain? <laughs> What's the name on it? Abby? Abby what? Abby, Abby normal. normal. Over the course of nine months, she allegedly mailed him 20 boxes of body parts, including an ear, arm, lungs, liver, kidneys, hands, skulls, <laughs> and a full human head. Oh, like very uh, Brad Pitt-like uh, in the... Uh, <sighs> The, was seven? The seven, movie seven, right, yeah. Uh, checked out her mugshot. She doesn't look like somebody who'd be trafficking stolen body parts, but the guy she told sold them to definitely does look like the guy who would buy body parts. <laughs> his name is 40-year-old Jerry, Jeremy Pauly. Uh, his half of his face is tattooed to look like dragon scales. His right eyeball is black, and he's got metal spikes implanted in his scalp. Oh, remember yeah, that but, guy, don't, but don't judge a book by its cover. Remember that guy that killed the guy out in Beckett, and he had the... He had the, the guy's uh, name was like Dip-Dop, Dibbity-Dop-Dop. Yeah, yeah. Bippity-Boppity-Boo, <laughs> you know, and he had the two horns hanging out of his uh, head. Gee, I don't know what jury wouldn't convict somebody like I know. that. Yeah, I know. He, he seemed, he looked innocent. Uh, so, uh, you know, the type of guy you'd bring home to meet mom. <laughs> I, I didn't even realize there was an oddity section on Marketplace. Well, this was a group that I see. did. Yeah. I and, see. Uh, yeah, she doesn't, she doesn't look like the type of person that would sell body parts, but he definitely does. Yeah, he, he seems like a collector. Um. Yeah, I don't know. I wish you could see this. Uh, it's it's pretty creepy. That black, he's got like where his white of his eye should be. It's all black. Oh, yeah. that's another... On one side of his face. Like he's yeah. a half snake, half man. Would that suggest that there's more to come? Or is he just satisfied with one half? I don't know. And, he, and the spikes are not implanted. Well, they're implanted in his head, but they're sticking out. They're metal spikes that are sticking out of his skull. <laughs> this guy is weird. I'm, uh, oh yeah, no, I see him. I yeah. see him now. Yeah, well, you know, I mean, listen, I'm sure, I'm sure, you know what the spikes kind of remind me of? Remember the, the the TV show, The Young Ones? Yeah. We got, uh, you know, Adrian who had the, the five stars, you know, he hammered it to his yeah. forehead. That's what it reminds me of. There used to be a guy at CVS working uh, behind the counter there that uh, had the lobes and the tattoos and the earrings and all that stuff. And sure. I'm like, you know what? And he was such a nice guy. And I said, this is the guy you want filling your Oxycontin order. Because he's going to fill it like they do with the fries at Five Guys. You know, like... <laughs> We're just throwing in an just extra over, couple of like handfuls. Overstuff the yeah, bag. Yeah, yeah, overstuff the bag. Oh, this is a small? Thank he, you. He yeah. also looks like the kind of guy, one for you, yeah. two for yeah, me. Right, 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 right. <laughs> That's stereotyping, though. I don't want to do that. It's uh, just about 657 with Bax and Nagel on Rock 102.
And now, Bax's View from the Couch, brought to you by Rocky's Ace Hardware, with Scott's four-step, four easy steps to an awesome lawn. Hey, good morning, sports fans. How the heck are you? Folks, as you might know, this weekend is the 149th running of the Kentucky Derby at Churchill Downs. The history, the pageantry, the people in stupid hats drinking mint juleps pretending like they're delicious when actually they're kind of gross. Are you kidding me? People love the Derby. The Kentucky Derby is a glorious event filled with excitement, thrills, and 150,000 people all rushing back to the parking lot after enjoying a full two minutes of horse racing excitement. Who's going to win this year's race? I'll tell you who. It won't be a horse. It'll be the owner, the trainer, the jockey, the stable manager, and anyone lucky enough to place a winning bet. As of this morning, Forte is the favorite with 3-1 to one odds, but today is only Wednesday. And if I were you, I would wait a minute or two before placing that bet. Why? Is there some sort of wagering advantage to exhibiting patience for the Derby? No. I'm suggesting this because in the last seven days, four horses have died at Churchill Downs. Last Thursday, Derby qualifier Wild on Ice was euthanized after breaking its leg while training. Saturday, during the Derby's opening night, four-year-old Philly, Philly parents' pride collapsed and died on the track during the eighth race. Yesterday, take charge Brianna with euthanized after an injury earlier in the day, and then later, the horse chasing Artie collapsed and died after completing their race, oddly enough, also the eighth race of the day. And yet, strangely enough, Churchill Downs has not yet made a statement as to why this has been happening all in the course of a single week. So while betting on the Kentucky Derby sure is a lot of fun, betting on a horse that's no longer available is not. That's why I'm suggesting to you that you wait a minute or two before you drop a lot of money on the trifecta, because at this rate, the winning horse might be the only one out there running, and that would be a problem. But hey, enough of my yapping sports brought to you by Rocky's Ace Hardware. You know, the beauty of a Weber gas grill is that you turn it on and you're instantly grilling. It fires up fast, and since you should be grilling it every evening, you should go to Rocky's and get yourself a Weber. The benchmark gas grill and Rocky's is your grilling destination. I'm back. That's my view from the couch. Rock 102, Springfield's Classic Rock. Rock 102, Springfield's Classic Rock. It's 710 in the police with Bax and Nagel on Rock 102. It's going to be overcast for most of the day. A chance of a spot shower here and there and a high of 57. Tomorrow, more of the same. With a high of 54, it's 40 right now in downtown Springfield. How about a little round of am I the A? I'm ready. Are you ready? Yep, yep. I've been uh, been ready to... Ready to kick this off for days now. There you go. Am I the a-hole for charging someone more than usual for cupcakes and saying I'm not running a charity? I, 26, have a small business baking cakes and cupcakes. It's not my primary job. My customers are mostly family and friends, but it's something I'm good at and enjoy doing. It depends on the size, but I can't do commercial quantities. My time frame to place orders is at least two weeks in advance. Okay. So a couple weeks ago, a mutual friend... We'll call her Liv, who's 29. Why would you call her that? Well, because they, when people write these things, they put in fake names and stuff so you can't connect to okay. actual people. Fair enough. Uh, Liv uh, reached out and asked if I could make some cupcakes for her daughter's third birthday. She gave an outline of what she wanted, and it's something I can do. So I said, sure. Difference is she wanted them in a week. Liv said there's a lot going on for her right now, and she decided to give her daughter a surprise and doesn't have the time to make cupcakes too, so the late order. I had spare time that week, so I said I could make them. The cost I gave her was more than what I would normally charge, but Liv started saying how it's too much and if I could bring it down. 
I said no because this is a late order. She made some excuse about how she understands that, and she's happy to pay more, but not this much. Liv kept insisting, uh, so I got kind of annoyed and told her that I'm not running a charity and she can afford it. If she can't, she doesn't have to order from me. Wow. Wow. Liv gave a pretty snarky reply to that, got uh, PO'd, uh, didn't end up placing an order. I then saw some friends Insta that she made some posts on her stories, which I'll admit irked me. I don't have a couple of people. I do have a couple of people telling me I was way upcharging and was rude to her in my replies. I don't think I was. So am I the a hole? Well, <sighs> yes, but you are not alone. Right. All right. Okay. So if if you if I'm a customer, okay, mm-hmm. and I ask you, hey, listen, I would like you to do me a solid, but I want you to do it in half the time. Yeah. That would, uh, the only way that's ever going to get done is if you're willing to pay extra, okay? And the cost of, uh, of making the cupcakes is the cost of making the cupcakes. That's the way I see it. Right, but how much more are you charging for that turnaround time? Well, that's, uh, that's just the thing. And if I were the customer, I'd say, well, you know what? I, maybe I'll just try something else. The other thing is. Go to kid, a bakery. The kid is three. The, the whole idea, you know, when when people have these giant birthday parties for one-year-olds, uh-huh. two-year-olds, mm-hmm. even three-year-olds, they are not going to remember it. They don't remember it. And then you'll get some people going, I remember my third day, but whatever. You're not like most people. Yeah. I know people that, uh, you know, have gone, that went way out of their way for like a first birthday party. Like a bounce house and all that other good stuff. They rented a hall. And the whole place was decorated for a one-year-old. Was there a lot of people there? They invited over 100 people. Yeah. And over 100 people showed up because they knew the food was going to be good because it was specially catered for a one-year-old. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like, the one-year-old never going to remember that. Those kinds of birthday parties, I think, are okay for, like, milestone birthdays. Mm -hmm. You know, maybe, like, uh, when you turn 40. Or, uh, you know, 21, mm-hmm. yeah, 18, maybe 16, certainly sweet 16 parties have been going on forever. Kids won. Kids never going to have any recollection of the party, nope. of the decorations, the catering, the clown, the bounce house, the pony rides, or anything else you, uh, you associated with this party. And guess what? A three-year-old will have no more recollection than the one-year-old will. So- Stop wasting your time Mm -hmm. and just invite close friends and family. You could give that kid a cardboard box and the kid would be like, ah, cardboard box. This is cool. (laughs) Anytime we bought stuff for my kids, they would be more interested in playing with the box at that age than they were playing with the actual toy that came with the box. Steve, I'm I'm a 56-year-old man. I'd rather play with the box. I know. I could play with a cardboard box all day long. Well... That means something different at our age. Yes, it yeah. does. But nevertheless, I can still have fun. Uh, here we're moving on to the next one. Am I the a hole for telling my wife not to record me while I'm playing with my while I'm playing with our kids? My wife is big on social media, and I am lukewarm at best. Lately, it's like she's recording me when I'm playing with our kids or having a moment with them. For example, I had to go on a business trip for a few days, and my six year old climbed on top of me just to reconnect, cuddle, and talk about his Minecraft accomplishments. In the corner of my eye, I can see my wife recording this, so I stuck my middle finger at her. 
Ooh. Uh, okay. the, the other day, my 10-year-old and I were roughhousing in his room, and he was laughing and having fun. There's my wife recording. Then today, both of my boys wanted to arm wrestle for cookies, and there she is recording. They went outside to play, and I told my wife not to record me, especially when I'm doing stuff with the kids. It's invasive and annoying. She said that it's her kids, uh, too, and she thinks that it's cute, and it's for the kids, not me or her. Really? Do the kids have uh, have Instagram accounts? No. See, that's the thing. You're doing this for your You're own You're doing this clout. for you. Yeah. Uh, I told her the next time she whips out her phone to record stuff between me and my kids, then I'm going to flick her off. Oh, don't get all... Uh, yeah, don't ooh, get too, man, you're uh, really too throwing judging. the book at her. Yeah, but... Uh, yeah, if somebody, if you tell somebody I don't want to be recorded, then you should respect that and not Absolutely. be recorded, even Absolutely. if it is with your kids. If you want to record stuff with your kids and you do it on your own time, don't do it. Uh, if somebody says I don't want it done, then you don't do it. Listen, there's all kinds of people that aren't comfortable posting, you know, their own private time or their own, you know, their own image on social media, and for good reason. You know, people don't yeah. want that. Don't want that invasion of privacy. And if you tell somebody, you're absolutely right. If you tell somebody, I don't want to be recorded and placed online, then you absolutely have to respect that, regardless of, of what's cute. You have to photograph something around it. You know what annoys the crap out of me? What? Is these kids now, they they talk to each other on video chat, mm-hmm. and then they'll come down, like, my kids will come downstairs and ask me a question, and then I'll hear, like, a little noise. Yeah. I'm like, are you on the phone? And then, it, sure enough, there's another kid on the other end of the phone. I'm like, you don't do that. We don't. We don't. We're not. Uh, we're not doing this. Yeah. What if I say something that uh, you know yeah. uh, makes me puts me in a bad light? Right. You're not gonna. You're not gonna. I, you don't want to be in an argument on somebody listen, else's Zoom call. I have to be on my best behavior when somebody's watching or listening. <laughs> you don't want them to. You don't want me to. You don't want me to have your friends uh, let you see what I, what I make you do. Uh, you know, pulling transmissions up to the attic and things like that. Do you barbells? Doing <laughs> yeah. oil oil changes in yeah. the driveway. Yeah, you know what? Listen, yeah. listen. Uh, you hang up the phone, and then then you've got chores to do. Yeah, I don't. I don't like that little ass. Yeah, I don't like either. that either. But uh, yeah, I think I think the wife is the a hole here. I think you're right. Uh, you ready for another one? Yes, number right. three. You want to hear about, uh, let's see. Uh, oh, yeah, this is a good one. Am I the a-hole for always being overdressed and making my wife look bad because she doesn't dress up? I work in a corporate setting, which requires me to be in formal apparel. I've uh, gotten to use wearing formal clothing to the point that I pretty much prefer to wear it most of the time, whether I'm picking up my kids from practice, visiting family, or going shopping, except for when I go to the gym. I wear tailored pants with a button-up of some sorts. I know that I'm overdressed most of the time, but I just enjoy being dressed well, and it has become my style. My wife, on the other hand, is completely opposite. She likes wearing casual and comfy clothes like sweatpants and hoodies, which is fine, but my wife says that when we go out together, I make her look like a slob because I'm overdressed making her look like she doesn't take care of herself. We visited my in-laws a couple of days ago. I was wearing my usual style of clothing while my wife was just wearing a hoodie and some sweatpants. My wife's mother made a joke about me looking nice in my clothes and then jokingly said that people would never assume that my wife and I are married and that I should encourage her to not dress like a slob. Your own mother is telling you this. I just laughed it off and told her that my wife just likes being comfortable. Well, that didn't go over well with my wife and told me when I got back home that I should stop dressing like a pretentious 
piece of you know what mm-hmm. uh, and wear normal clothing like everybody else and stop making her look bad. I told her that nobody cares what she wears and I don't tell her how to dress so she can't tell me how to dress. This turned into a petty argument that shouldn't even have taken place at all. So am I the a-hole? You, yeah, I want to say yeah, because you know what? Even if you like dressing nice, there's a way to dress more casually and still look good. Yeah. You know, maybe there's a middle ground here. Maybe maybe you can meet her halfway. Well, he's probably one of those guys that buys designer pajamas for for bedtime. Yeah, right. It's like, all right, how much you got to flex? You're in your own home. The you don't du- need the to- dudes a the dudes a like a like a flexing machine. Yeah. You know, he's do he's only dressing that way to impress other people. Yeah. You know, he, that's really the only reason he's doing it. You know, I uh, once wore a shirt uh, that didn't have a stain on it. And people were like, oh, my God, something's different about him. You look good today. Yeah. (laughs) Why'd you dress up? Wow. I like your spring attire, your early spring attire. By late spring, there's a big giant grease stain on it. Don't you worry about it. Listen, I I would love to be a a better dressed guy, but I wouldn't do it, you know, just to to, to make everybody else, you know, think I'm uh, all classy and stuff. And, And if my wife wanted to be comfortable, I'd let her be comfortable. I, I But I wouldn't do anything that would make her feel self-conscious about how she's dressing any more than she would make want to make me feel self-conscious. Yeah. Uh, There's compromise yeah, here. There is compromise here, and this guy doesn't want to compromise. No, he at doesn't. At all. Uh, and I think that'll that'll do it for MIV. All right. That's, I don't think uh, that's fair enough. All right. Is it fair enough? Well, <sighs> because if I go into another one, it's going to take us to 26 past the hour, and we don't have time for that. We have commercials and weather to do. It's 721 with Bax and Nagel on Rock 102. Springfield's Rock 102, Springfield's Classic Rock. It's six, uh, 728 and Jimi Hendrix on Rock 102. Going to be uh, overcast for most of the day today with a high of 57. Tomorrow, cloudy with a high of 54. It is 40 right now in downtown Springfield. Uh, real quick, uh, don't forget the uh, daily podcast gets posted after 6 o'clock. After, excuse me, after 10 o'clock. And uh, you can find it on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Podcast and a rock102.com. There's also Baxi's musical podcast. My guest this week, uh, Fergal Lawler, the drummer for uh, the Irish band The Cranberries. Uh, they talk about, uh, we're going to talk about this 30th anniversary of their debut album, about the life and the death of uh, the late Dolores O'Riordan. It's actually a really cool interview, and you can check that out also on rock102.com. All righty then. All right. Yeah. We got news. It's coming up next to Rock 102. Here's your Western Mass News first alert forecast. Mainly cloudy skies this morning, perhaps a few breaks of sunshine, then cloudy with scattered showers this afternoon. It'll be cool, high temperatures in the middle and upper 50s. For tonight, clouds, a leftover shower too, some patchy fog, temperatures in the 40s. For tomorrow, mainly cloudy, just an isolated shower, but a gray, cool, breezy day with highs in the mid-50s. And for Friday, more of the same, mostly cloudy, a little bit of sun, just a chance of an isolated shower. A little milder in the afternoon with a high near 60. But as we head into the weekend, it's looking good. Sun and clouds on Saturday, highs back into the upper 60s. And Sunday, sunshine with highs in the lower 70s. With your Western Mass News First Alert forecast, I'm meteorologist Dan Brown. You know, Steve, I think uh, virtually every woman, each in her own way, likes jewelry. Yeah, I think so. Each one has her own taste, her own style. Th- then there's meaning. Uh, there's the meaning each piece of jewelry has for her. Right, like uh, my husband gave me this necklace when we first started dating. Or I got these earrings on that three-day bender in Cancun with, uh, what's his name? And then there was uh, that one woman that every man's life who deserves the gift of jewelry. Uh, 
his dental hygienist? No, close, Steve. I mean his mother. Mom? Give your mother jewelry? Yeah, and the usual flowers and brunch are fine, but a nice necklace tells mom and tells everyone how much you love her. It seems a little uh, tricky. Well, that's why you head to uh, to Hadley. Uh, Hanoush? Hanoush and Hadley. Tony and Amy and all the people there will help you. Yeah, because you don't want mom to think, oh, this is nice, but uh, I don't know. Exactly, Steve. You don't know. And that's why you go to Hadley, to Hanoush, to get a little guidance. This is the year you won't ask your neighbors if you can take a dip in their pool. That's because after Nelson Outdoor Living and Pools installs yours, they'll be asking you. Pools, patios, outdoor kitchens, and lighting. See their new showroom at 173 Shaker Road, East Longmeadow, for all your pool, spa, and outdoor needs. Signing up for a Massachusetts gun permit class has never been easier. Just go to Pioneer Valley Arms. Arms.com. Click, sign up, and show up. It's that easy. Just go to PioneerValleyArms.com. And for all of your firearm needs, see them at 50 Shaker Road in East Long Meadow. Lisa started out at Rockies on the sales floor and ringing the register. Now, 16 years later, Lisa Bogaz is the store manager at the Palmer Rockies. Good people, rock-solid service at every Rockies Ace Hardware location. And they're always looking for one more. Rockies is a family-run company with 48 stores and growing. Get on board, meet new people, learn new skills, get your earnings and career moving in the right direction, and experience the difference. Go to Rockies.com right now and apply. Low energy, or low E, affects millions. In fact, it would be running rampant if it had the energy to run. Fortunately, Planet Fitness can help. Now through May 10th, join for $1 down, $10 a month, cancel any time. Enjoy equipment for every workout in our clean and spacious, judgment-free zone. With your new Big Fitness Energy, you can combat low E symptoms, such as persistent couch crave and excessive leaning. Don't wait. Join Planet Fitness for $1 down, $10 a month, cancel any time. Deal ends Wednesday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. Just about 7.33 with Bax and Nagel on Rock 102. It's time for news brought to you by Serview Locksmith. They got a key for that, St. James Avenue in Springfield or serviewlocksmith.com. Here's local radio icon Steve Nagel. Thanks, Bax. A heavy police presence has been reported on Center Street in Ludlow Tuesday nighttime. Nighttime. Yeah. A Western Mass news crew arrived at 11 p.m. And saw six police cruisers at the Center Street McDonald's. Are you trying to be like 22? This is what you saw? Yeah, I know. Uh, Western Mass News reached out to Ludlow Police Chief Daniel Velatis. However, he said there is no information available to the public at this time. You can stay tuned, and uh, they'll bring you all the updates as they get them, which I'm sure they won't, just like 22. Well, you know, at least they're, at least they're promising, giving you a, a reason to go back. To go back and find out stories that have nothing to do with this one. Yes, that's right. You know, uh, this is the same Ludlow McDonald's that there was. Remember that? Remember, I told you I went to that Dave Matthews concert, and then I got really hungry afterwards because right. I was uh, enjoying the Devil's Lettuce for most of the show. Sure. And then, uh, as I'm sobered up, I said, "All right, well, uh, now it's time for me to go get some French fries at McDonald's." So I go to McDonald's. It's like, you know, ten of twelve at night, mm-hmm. and uh, I go order. All I wanted was French fries. Order the French fries. And the lady says, could you pull up there just a little bit, you know? And then yeah. all of a sudden, all the lights turn off in the parking lot. And they forgot you. They forgot all about me. What the hell is that all about? And then two cops drove through the parking lot and just went through the parking lot. They didn't, like, wouldn't you be a little suspicious of a car that's parked next to the drive through window with all the other lights off? In the Like, that's, a, that's broken windows policing right there. <sighs> There's no fail-safes in that no. system. What, if the restaurant closes? 
Well, no, no, no. I mean, if if there's an order that's still outstanding as you get closer to uh, closing time, don't you think there's like some sort of system in place that says, hey, wait, wait, you can't close yet. There's a customer outside waiting for his big fries. I don't know. But you know what happened? I backed up to the window and I started pounding on the door and I said, open up the door, bitches. This is Uber Grouper with the green teeth. Yeah. Let me hear. Actually, I just knocked on the window because I could see the bag full of French fries that was there. Right. And then uh, she uh, she sees me, and she opens up the window, and she goes, oh, sorry, and then hands me the French fries. Oh, then, sorry? Yeah. Oh, sorry. And they were a little bit cool now because they had been sitting out of, you know, out of the out of the fryer area, out <clears throat> of the heat lamp, out of all that stuff. Did you, uh, did you inform this, uh, this employee that you have a direct phone line to Mayor McCheese? No. Uh, you know why? Because I was, uh, I had the munchies and I really wanted to get these french fries. I didn't want to have to argue anymore. Boy, I don't know, Steve. I would have, uh, I would have brought him hellfire down. I would have, you know, fire and brimstone on that now, McDonald's if it had been me. Now, if I had been drunk, that would have probably been the outcome. Sure. And usually I know- people who are like drunk, they, they want to start fights because yeah. they're irritated. And yeah. I realize you're chill. I yeah. get, I get that. But you, if you're in that situation where you've got you know serious marijuana mm-hmm. induced munchies, yeah, and you don't have, and you've ordered the fries because it's the only thing you fixate on, and you're denied the fries because they decide they want to close, yeah, I would cause some problems. Well, you know, I'd cause some problems completely sober. I would have been more accepting of the fact, hey, listen, we're closing in five minutes. It's going to be a pain in the ass to have these fryers going. We don't have any French fries. Okay, fine. I'll go somewhere else. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. that, I would have been fine with that explanation as opposed to sitting there waiting for these delicious French fries mm-hmm. to come out and then being so saddened by watching the lights just burn out one by one. I bet you look like that uh, that Native American guy in that commercial overlooking the uh, the interstate highway full of, you know, trash and refuse yeah, with yeah, a single tear, tear coming, coming down, down his eye. eye. Yeah, yeah. That's, that was me. I would imagine. A group of juveniles was seen carrying guns in Chicopee on Monday. However, as it turns out, they were BB guns to make look like real firearms, which uh, has police and city officials concerned. We talked about this a little bit yesterday. The incident happened just after 5 p.m. Monday at Lincoln Grove Park. Western Mass News spoke with City Councilor Bob Zigorowski, who uh, said that told us that these kids who had these non-lethal guns could have found themselves in a more dangerous situation. Chickabee police took to Facebook Monday night to alert the community about a gun call involving juveniles at the park. The post said, in part, as officers arrived on scene, they observed a group of juveniles place a backpack on the ground and walk away. A pistol was observed sticking out of the bag, and the juveniles were detained while officers investigated further. Also located inside the backpack was an AR-style rifle. Both of these weapons were determined to be BB guns. Uh, however, if you take a closer look at the photo posted by Chickabee Police, you can see that the kids concealed the orange tips on the BB guns to make them look real. I have a pellet gun. I don't have an orange tip on that. Uh, and I just recently bought it, too. Are you supposed to? I didn't think so. I, on a pellet gun, that's I mean that's a little bit different than say like a toy gun. That well, has this a, was this was a BB tip. gun. No, I mean a BB. It probably doesn't have the. I don't know. I, I you would think the AR style BB gun would be like CO two powered. Mm-hmm. Well, you know the last time. Yeah, I don't even know because you know the, the last time uh, I had a BB gun in the house, the one time we tried to shoot it, the 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 BB just 
slowly roll down the barrel of the gun. Oh, that means it, it, you lost all your spring action. or Yeah, the spring action was, uh, was trash. Uh, Zigorowski added that the situation could have turned deadly. What if they pointed the gun at somebody? What if they pointed it at police officers? You know what? That happened out in Ohio with that kid, uh, 13 years old, yeah. had the BB gun on him, and the cop shot him because... Yeah, you know, you can make the argument that uh, police are too uh, overzealous sometimes, but uh, when you're on that job and somebody pulls out a gun, mm, I really can't say what's going to happen to you afterwards. I don't know of a single situation in which, in that moment, a cop is going to say, put your weapon down, but first tell me exactly the make and model of that gun. Yeah, what is that? And you're going to be going to say, oh, don't worry, officer, it's just a BB gun. Well, if you're part of the 22 News crew, you could say, well, that's a Ruger 46 or whatever, you know, whatever the, whatever the, they always put out the brand names of the guns that nobody else understands yeah, unless but, you're a gun enthusiast. But in that moment of a, of a, of a, like a, like a standoff, mm-hmm. you know, in, in, in criminal justice, I find it hard to imagine that a cop is going to say, could you please tell me the make and model of that gun so I know that it's real? Uh, right. Yeah, yeah. I just, I just don't see that conversation happening. A uh, part of uh, Holyoke Building's roof crumbled Tuesday morning and hit a nearby sidewalk. Uh, Holyoke Fire Captain David Rex said, we responded over and there was some debris on the sidewalk. Unfortunately, we had some neighborhood kids run away with the debris, so we don't know what it was. I believe it's pronounced debris. We had some neighborhood kids run away with the debris. You know, uh, how- uh, hey, hey, uh, Johnny, <laughs> go grab that giant piece of facade that just fell off that building. What are we going to do with it? I don't know. Hood rat stuff. <laughs> you know, in all fairness, though, it's been uh, it's been a couple of years since we've heard of any uh, Holyoke buildings co- collapsing in this way. Actually, no, it's only been a couple of years. Remember that other one? that was That's what I'm saying. Yeah, it's yeah. been a couple of years. Oh, so it's like every two years. Yeah. A two-year turnaround for well, falling buildings. In other cities, uh, you know, how frequently do buildings fall apart? I just find that, that line so funny. We had some neighborhood kids run away with the debris, so we don't know what it was. <laughs> was it rock? Was it like the piece of the concrete from the yeah. building? Like, come on. You don't know what it was? What could be possibly falling off a building other than concrete or brick? I I, I really don't know. Yeah. Anyway. But yet some kid grabs it. Yeah. It's an issue that uh, Holyoke residents know all too well with multiple buildings in the past decade crumbling, falling apart, or even collapsing. We're an old city. It's over 150 years old. Some of these buildings in downtown were built back in the day, Rex added. In recent years, the side of the Essex House building completely crumbled in 2014 and was later demolished. A building partially collapsed on High Street back in 2019. In December of 2020, an apartment building on West Street in Oyoke also had crumbling parts. We do have some buildings that don't have the maintenance done to them, so that should be done to them. So this is what happens. In the case of 276 High Street, Rex said weather may have played a role. He's saying with all the rain, maybe even a bird. Mm-hmm. You know, like that know. one bird... Just flew 3,000 miles from the coast, right? Right. And his arms are tired, you know? As you would expect. And uh, all he wants, he finally lands in Holyoke. He's only got like two more towns to go. He's really only, he's going to, uh, he's going to Belchertown, right? Sure. And he's only got that much further to go. And he sits on, he perches himself on the ledge of this building and all of a sudden, the whole thing just collapses out from underneath him like a wily e. Coyote cartoon. 
And in all the, they, they, let's just say there's another flock of birds over local birds. Sure. And they're like, yeah, man, what are you doing over there? What are you? This is our territory. Well, I'm just here for a rest. <laughs> and then you completely screw up the entire building. Yeah. Well, what are you gonna do? Yeah, you know, it's these animals that are causing all. Yesterday it was the bear in Northampton. Now it's the birds making buildings crumble. <sighs> Makes you think. Does it? A little bit. Your Pioneer Valley forecast today is going to be overcast with the chance. But then again, yeah, I I had already heard about the bird. Oh, well, everybody's heard about the bird. Forty in downtown Springfield. I'm Steve Nagel, and it's an Islam Rock. We know you're busier than ever before. It's classic rock at 7:50, and Billy Idol. With Bax and Nagel on Rock 102. It is uh, going to be uh, mostly cloudy today with a chance of a shower and a high of 57. Tomorrow, cloudy with uh, more of the same with a high of 54. It's 43 right now in downtown Springfield. After 8 o'clock, the uh, the, for the, uh, the next keyword to cash. We'll announce that, and you'll have uh, until midnight tonight to uh, plug that into rock102.com for your chance to win $1,000. You'll hear the keyword today at 8, 11, 2, and 5. Play every weekday increases your chances of winning. Chance to put a thousand bucks in your pocket with the keyword to cash brought to you by TextMeForTires.com. Kim Keogh of the uh, the Nielsen team, Livian Keller Williams on Rock 102, Springfield's Classic Rock. Well, uh, until you hear that, now hear this. Now hear this with Bex and Nagel on Rock 102. Uh, you like Marvin Gaye? I sure do. You like Ed Sheeran? Mm-hmm. Uh, according to the New York Post, Ed Sheeran claims his career would be done if he loses the current infringement case over Marvin Gaye's Let's Get It On. Here's a mashup of Ed's song, Thinking Out Loud, in the Marvin Gaye classic. I've been really trying, baby Trying to hold back this feeling for so long And if you feel yeah. like I feel, baby You know, I don't know. I, think about how many songs sound so similar. I was just talking to you off the air about what about like all the the rock and roll songs that all followed the twelve bar blues. Sure, like they all have the same tune. So why is that not copyright infringement too? <sighs> yeah, I don't know. The, these things are very hard to prove sometimes because it is possible for songwriters to have similar ideas mm-hmm. and the way chords are put you know structured together the way notes are tied together you know you got like a trillion different possibilities <laughs> out there for songs but Marvin Gaye what was it it was the uh, the Marvin Gaye Robin Thicke case a couple yeah. of years ago and uh, I don't even remember what happened I think it was like a, I think it was a draw yeah that's the thing like the, 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 that's going to be hard for most juries to prove you're probably always going to have yeah. like uh, you, half a mix of going, oh, it does sound like that, and the other one goes, I don't know, really. You, you need to have evidence where an artist says, yeah, I totally ripped this off from uh, from this song. Yeah. That's how you prove mm. it. If it's just like a uh, coincidence. I, I, I've never. You can turn this off anytime, by well, the way. It's already got five seconds left. Oh. I've never once heard that song by by Ed Sheeran and go, man, that sounds a lot like Let's Get It On. 
Like, that's what I mean. Like, if it was something very similar, I'd be like, that sounds exactly. And there's lots of songs out there well, that you, sound very similar to each other. Remember that lawsuit a couple of years ago with Led Zeppelin? Yeah. And uh, Stairway to Heaven? Yeah. And them kind of ripping off Randy California from Spirit? Which they pretty much did. They really did. Yeah. And actually, Led Zeppelin stole a lot of things. A lot of, you know, real, you know, like blues standards. They, they I mean... Someone call the cops because they were ripping stuff off of people all the time. But do you understand? That's my point. I mean, most of, most of the British invasion was based off of stealing music from blues artists that were here in the United States that most of the people in the United States didn't even know existed yeah. until it was brought to light by the Brits. That's why copyright infringement cases are very, very difficult and yeah. take a long time to prove. You you literally need you're literally needed in writing where someone writes a letter or an email says. I'm going to borrow all of this to create this. I saw a, uh, I saw another radio host make a post on uh, Facebook about how there's no way that Ed Sheeran's uh, thing sounds exactly like Marvin Gaye's uh, thing. And, and I was thinking to myself, but one of your radio bits sounds exactly like another radio station's radio bit <laughs> not too far away. So what, what say you, yeah. Mr. Radio Star? <laughs> Uh, here's a scary thing. Here's a TikToker sharing a frightening story of how someone used AI to mimic her brother's voice in an effort to scam her grandfather. I've been crying for the past two hours because I thought my little brother was dead. Somebody out there used an AI machine to trick my grandpa into thinking my little brother got in a wreck and died. He mimicked my brother's voice and said, oh, I'm about to get in a wreck, and then the phone went off. My grandpa called me and told me this, and I immediately thought my brother was dead. And I come to find out that it was a scammer that was trying to get money from my grandpa by calling and saying that he went to jail and he killed someone and he needed bail money. Oh my God. They're using a freaking AI machine to reenact their voice. See? How evil. This is what I was talking about. Mm-hmm. You're gonna have you're gonna have an influx of these. You're gonna have people who are gonna be so fooled easily by, you know, you know, when Steve Weissman tells you to to not trust anybody, you know, with this whole AI business, uh, you can't. You can't trust anybody unless you are seeing them face-to-face with a conversation. You know what? I used to be scared of the Sandman at night, and now I'm scared of Steve Weissman. That guy makes the, me... The, I haven't slept in months. Yeah. He's taking up space rent-free in my head every night while I think about all the horrible things that could happen to me yeah. uh, by having my identity stolen. Think of the most frightening things in the world. Godzilla, Frankenstein, uh, the Boogeyman... Mm-hmm. Steve Weissman. Steve Weissman is one of them, yeah. Uh, Mostly because he's a lawyer. (laughs) Which just makes it worse. Right, right. That's just like adding insult to injury. Uh, Another clip here. Pornhub has reacted to Utah's New Age verification law by banning IP address, uh, any IP address out of the state from looking at the website's content. Anyone with a Utah IP address will only see a video of adult performer Cherie DeVille or whatever, however she pronounces it a member of the Adult Performers Advocacy Committee explaining the reason for the block. Here's a clip from that video. I'm Sheree DeVille. As you may know, your elected officials have required us to verify your age before granting you access to our website. Giving your ID card every time you want to visit an adult platform is not the most effective solution for protecting our users. And in fact, we'll put children and your privacy at risk. Please contact your representatives and demand device-based verification solutions that make the internet safer, 
while also respecting your privacy. Isn't uh, Pornhub accused of having underage kids on their website? Uh, I assume yeah. that's pros- po- probably uh, true. Well, I'm, but, glad, um, I'm glad they're leading the way. In well, you know, I mean, I, I, I understand the idea of age restrictions for usage, mm-hmm. uh, but it might be true that ID proof of ID may not be enough. So I don't uh, I don't know what the solution is, frankly. Uh, I uh, We have time for one more. Sure. There's a, a theory making the rounds that the Golden Arch logo McDonald's uses isn't actually an M. It's a pair of boobs when you turn them upside down. The theory was first presented in 2001 by author Eric Schlossler, Schlosser in his book Fast Food Nation, The Dark Side of the All-American Meal. Here is the KidSpot TikTok talking about the theory. So an author of the book Fast Food Nation has come out saying that the famous M for McDonald's is not actually an M as we're led to believe. There's actually a very X-rated meaning behind it. So according to this dude, the M is actually a pair of saggy boobs. Well, what would be the point of that? Now, well, I mean, every remarkably saggy if that were the truth yeah and it the logo is not presented upside down yeah it's it looks, promoted right side up like an m right the way it's supposed to be yeah like someone's trying to make a whole lot of nothing out of nothing anyway i've seen some pretty disgusting things at a mcdonald's before but never did i think that the logo looked like a pair of boobies upside down steve i think the yeah. uh, the biggest set of boobies in this story is the guy making up that cockamamie theory that's right you know what I'm yeah, saying? yeah yeah mr right. schlosser hey how come we don't say the word boobies more boobies is a funny word it makes me laugh boobies I, boobies <laughs> i don't know say it Boobies. Yeah, <laughs> it makes you laugh, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah. Boobies. I I always like to say mitts when I'm referring to my own boobies. Yeah, no, that makes sense. But 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 boobies. Yeah. We don't say that enough. Well, maybe we should say boobies a little bit more often. I would like to see that added into the vernacular more more frequently. Uh okay. 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 Uh, coming up, uh these two boobies will talk about all kinds of things. <laughs> see what I'm getting there at. you go. It's, it's seven fifty nine and that's now here this with Bax and Nagel on Rock One O Two. Want to know what it sounds like? Round of the Stanley Cup playoffs. Some corporate smartass from the Mars Corporation, the company that makes Skittles and other once delicious candy-coated confections, thought that it would be hilarious to pick up their cell phone and make the following statement on Twitter, where they said, and I quote, My weekend wasn't great, but at least I didn't choke away a 3-1 playoff lead. Anyways, taste the rainbow. They then followed that brash, irresponsible statement with another tweet that said, Please stop throwing Skittles into the Boston Harbor. It was a joke. Oh, really? You think this is funny? Having your soul ripped out on a Sunday night in the final minute of the third period of watching a near-perfect season come to a heartbreaking collapse, and you want me to laugh about it? Listen here, Skittles. There are those who are willing to shoot up 12 packs of Bud Light because they're not crazy about the marketing. And you want to make jokes at one of the darkest moments in New England sports history? Well, rumpus time is over, Mr. Skittles social media marketing guy. This brazen and cold-hearted microaggression has left me with a very bad taste in my mouth. A taste that is almost as bad as a mouthful of Skittles, which, quite frankly, are not that delicious. And I, for one, will no longer be buying your product. Of course, I wasn't buying them before the playoffs, and I certainly won't be buying them now. I don't care how low my blood sugar may get. I won't be relying on your crappy product to adjust my insulin-resistant hypoglycemic levels. I can tell you that right now.
But hey, enough of my yapping sports brought to you by Rocky's Ace Hardware. Hey, got yourself a spring training, a spring painting project? Rocky's got paint advisors in every store. They got an eye for color. They share tips and tricks and advice. You're not on your own. Plus, they got Benjamin Moore paint, cabinet stains. Got paint? See the paint advisors at Rocky's Ace Hardware. I'm back. That's my view from the couch. Rock 102. Springfield. Well, two Springfield's classic rock. It's 814. 814? How'd it get so late? 814 with Wait. Bax and Nagel and Rock 102. Well, you go on and on with that view from the couch thing sometimes, and it's just like, uh, why? Why? What are you taking so long Well, that for? was a very serious story, and I felt mm-hmm. like I needed to uh, you know, expand upon it a little bit. And then we had four and a half minutes of uh, of Led Zeppelin. Yeah, and, I know. Uh, you know, that yeah. adds up, Bax. Sure it does. adds up. Hey, it is uh, time for the keyword to cash. $1,000. It could be yours. $1,000 keyword. Uh, this is what you do. I'm going to uh, tell you what the keyword is, and you're going to plug it into rock102.com for your chance to win $1,000. Are All you right, ready? What is it? Go ahead. Today's keyword, Steve, is the word coin. That's coin. C-O-I-N. That's C is in cash. Uh, o is in, oh my God, I just won $1,000. I is in, I just won $1,000. N is in... No way, you just won $1,000. That's exactly yeah, what I'm getting yeah. at, Steve. That's right. Uh, How's it spelled, though? Uh, C-O-I-N. Okay. Again, the keyword to cash is coin. Good luck to you from Rock 102, Springfield's Classic Rock. Uh, well, you're going to need some coin if you live in District Number 1 in South Hadley after July 1st. You, you want to call for a fire department? Good luck, yeah. who my you, friends. Who are you going to call? The uh, chief of South Hadley Fire District 1 says a vote that took place last month will defund the department after July 1st. Chief uh, Robert Othier said in a news release that Fire District Number 1 held its annual meeting on April 27th. At that meeting, the chief says a group of district taxpayers voted to not fund firefighter and EMT salaries. Mm-hmm. As of July 1st, District 1 will have no staff to respond to any emergency, either medical or fire. The district will also not be able to provide any fire prevention or inspection services. The district has uh, 26 full-time members and responded to over 3,000 calls for emergency services in 2022. Steve, you already spent uh, any real significant time in South Hadley? Yeah, you know, I've been up there a yeah. time or two. Yeah, me too. Spent a lot yeah. of time in South Hadley uh, you know, many, many years ago. Mm-hmm. One of the things that I know about that town, and uh, and really, I mean, it's no different from any other town in this uh, in this effect. But um, people get hurt in that town from time to time, and sometimes need EMTs to take them to a hospital. I yeah. also I also know uh, for a fact that there are plenty of things in South Hadley mm-hmm. that are quite flammable. And could easily catch on fire. Hey, you know what? Uh, you don't hear about too many accidents coming out of there. It's not a big deal. No, actually, I think it is a big deal. If you make 3,000 uh, calls for emergency services yeah. in a single town and 26 full-time members are no longer funded for their jobs, I would think uh, if you're living in South Hadley, um, you might want to get rid of all the accelerants near your house. I want to know why the taxpayers would say, I don't want this kind of service. Does anybody have any insider info on this? People who live in South Hadley, you could call us and give us your take on why that uh, is happening right now. You know what I find it be very hard to believe? Yeah. There's somebody in South Hadley who's yeah. been paying taxes in that town forever and says, uh, you know, at a town meeting, hey, you know what really gets my goat? You know what really frosts my cakes? 
fire departments. Yeah, firefighters. I am so sick of them God. responding to emergencies and saving lives. Yeah. What a pain in the ass they are. You and your socialism with your firefighters being taxpayer funded. I mean, it's so unnecessary to have an, an EMT try to you know, you know, you know, you breathe life into people who are having a, a medical problem. I mean, really, isn't yep. that just in the way... Here, I'm going to read the list of the entire street list that's in Water Department Fire District Number 1 until somebody calls and tells me why somebody wouldn't want them. Ready? Yes, I'm ready. Abbey Lane, Abbey Street, Alexandra Place Condo, Alvord Street, Alvord Place Condo, Ann Street, Apple Road, Applewood Lane, Ashton Lane, B, Baker Street, Barra Lane, Bardwell Street, Bartlett Street, Bayon Avenue, Belmont Street, Benger Avenue, Mm -hmm. Benoit Lane, Berwyn Street, Berwyn Street Extension, Blueberry Bend, Fulton Street, Bombardier Street, Boynton Avenue, mm-hmm. Brainerd Street, yeah. Briar Spring Lane, right. Bridge right. Street, Brigham mm-hmm. Road, mm-hmm. Brittany Road, yeah. Broad Street, mm-hmm. Brook Street, Bunker sure. Hill Street. Of course. <clears throat> C. Camden Street. All right, Steve, yeah. I, get your, I get your point here. Um, uh, Alvord Street, let's take, take that for example. Yeah. Now, Alvord Street is the street that's... Uh, well, you know, it's right across the uh, the Connecticut River. Well, it's I mean, got it's Cri- right- uh, McRae's Farm on there. It's yep. got uh, the uh, marina, the boathouse is over there. Yeah. I mean, all that uh, all that stuff is uh, all that stuff is true. And you know, uh, sometimes when uh, someone is on the river, uh, paddling, uh, sailing, uh, boating in some way, yeah. injuries can sometimes occur. Well, who are you going to call if uh, if someone is injured uh, in a boating accident? On Alvord Street in South Hadley. You call Marquis Salomon. That's who you call. You you could call them, yeah. yes. Or you could try to uh, get somebody in Holyoke to come. You could try that, but I don't know if that's <laughs> going to work for you. <laughs> you know, I would say if this was in South Hadley Falls, we'd have nothing to worry about. Those people can be on their own anyway. Uh, no, I've spent a lot of time in South Hadley Falls, and I've seen but, people seriously injure themselves did, just in one bar. Did you ever notice the uh, the disconnect between the people of South Hadley versus South Hadley Falls? It's like they kind of look down on the falls. Yeah. Like, it's, eh, I don't know if I want to be down it's, there. It's the line of demarcation yeah. between the haves and the have-nots. Yeah. Jerry's music shop separates that bo- that barrier from yeah. the falls to the rest of the town. Yeah, where like the folks in South Hadley Falls may have things like cirrhosis of the liver or uh, <laughs> yeah. other forms of alcohol abuse. Uh, the folks in South Hadley, yeah. you know, they're like, well, let's let's just let's just let it burn if that's the case. Oh, there's a, in the falls we got a laundromat right next to a bar. Now I'm sure that somebody is going to find a way to make this okay and it'll be fine yeah but in the meantime <clears throat> after july 1st yeah if you've got a problem that requires a the fire department or emt to show up to your house right good luck to the you yes good luck to you sir i nobody's called so i don't know what the hell is going on up there well apparently their phone system's been disconnected well, until july 1st yeah, <laughs> we couldn't pay the bill we're defunding everything <laughs> Yeah, no, 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 uh, no town should have to suffer the inconvenience no, of uh, no. of emergency, uh, you know, emergency first yeah, responders. No, 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 that's no, no. I mean, honestly, that's like the worst thing you could do for a town. Well, we'll see what happens to the good people of South Hadley. It's uh, just about 822 with Bax and Nagel on Rock 102. Hi, it's Hank from Tudor House Liquors. Listen to 
Rock 102, Springfield's Classic Rock. It's 829 and Neil Young with Bax and Nagel on Rock 102. Overcast for most of the day. Could see a spot shower here and there with a high of 57. Tomorrow more of the same with a high of 54. It is 43 right now in downtown Springfield. We don't have uh, time to get into anything right now, but uh, you know maybe after uh, news we could talk about uh, the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame inductees announced this morning. Ah, uh, These people don't know what the hell they're talking about. <laughs> They're way off, and uh, we'll mention that after uh, like 8.50 or so. Sure. We can dive into that then. All right, fair enough. News is next on Rock 102. Here's your Western Mass News first alert forecast. Mainly cloudy skies this morning, perhaps a few breaks of sunshine, then cloudy with scattered showers this afternoon. It'll be cool, high temperatures in the middle and upper 50s. For tonight, clouds, a leftover shower too, some patchy fog, temperatures in the 40s. For tomorrow, mainly cloudy, just an isolated shower, but a gray, cool, breezy day with highs in the mid-50s. And for Friday, more of the same, mostly cloudy, a little bit of sun, just a chance of an isolated shower. A little milder in the afternoon with a high near 60. But as we head into the weekend, it's looking good. Sun and clouds on Saturday, highs back into the upper 60s. And Sunday, sunshine with highs in the lower 70s. With your Western Mass News First Alert forecast, I'm meteorologist Dan Brown. Did you realize that FanDuel is the only sportsbook app where you can bet on the Kentucky Derby? Happening on Saturday, and right now all customers can get the No Sweat Derby bet up to 20 bucks. That means you'll get up to 20 bucks back if your win bet doesn't win. Right now, Forte is listed at a 3-1 to one, uh, favorite. Maybe it's not your favorite, but you can check out the app. and It's secure, it's simple to e- and easy to use, plus you get paid right away. So bet on America's number one race this Saturday with America's number one sports book. Just visit racing.fanduel.com slash backs for your chance to get a no-sweat derby bet up to 20 bucks this Saturday for the Kentucky Derby. That's racing.fanduel.com slash backs. 21 and reside in Massachusetts. Offer valid on first derby win wager. Verified FD racing account uh, required. Refund issued as non-withdrawable racing site credit that expires on 6-12-23. Restrictions apply. See terms at racing.fanduel.com. Hope is here. Gambling helpline ma.org or call 1-800-327-5050 for 24-7 support. Play it smart from the start. GameSenseMA.com or call 1-800-GAM-1234. If you go to the Worcester Rockies, say hi to Charlene Nelson. Charlene started 16 years ago as a sales associate, but today Charlene takes pride in being the store manager at the Worcester Rockies. Good people, rock solid service at every Rockies Ace Hardware location, and they're always looking for one more. Rockies is a family run company with 48 stores and growing. Get on board, meet new people, learn new skills, get your earnings and career moving in the right direction, and experience the difference. Go to Rockies.com right now and apply. Your first alert when you need to know what the next 24 hours will bring. Your first alert before heading outdoors. Your first alert when planning the next 10 days. Your first alert when you need to take cover. Western Mass News, first alert weather. In 70 years, Western Mass has seen some storms, blizzards, tornadoes, and everything in between. But no matter what comes our way, we'll be your first alert and weather the storm together. ABC 40, 70 years of serving Western Massachusetts. Hi, it's Dave Miner from Dave Miner Exterior Home Improvements. My wife is always telling me to keep it simple and get to the point, so here it is. You need a new roof and I need your business to keep my employees working so they can support their families. That's one of my main reasons why I advertise. The other is so you don't pay too much for your new roof. I see quotes every day from competitors and when you compare apples to apples, I know I'm giving you a better value for your hard-earned money. See for yourself. Call or text 533-0481 or go to DaveMinerRoofing.com. 
We're back to Nagel and Rock 102. It's time for news. It's brought to you by Health New England. They're here with you every step of the way. His local radio icon, Steve Nagel. Thanks, Bax. The remains of a dog were found by officers during an investigation on Tuesday. According to the West Springfield Animal Control, at about 9.45 a.m. on Tuesday, officers were sent to the overgrown lot at the corner of Bacon Drive ooh, Bacon, and Riverdale Street for a report of suspicious activity. During the investigation, the remains of a dog that looks similar to the one in the photo that they're showing. It looks like a little uh, pug or something. Uh, the dog is a young adult female and has a docked tail. Uh, if anyone knows anything about the dog, you can call the West Springfield police uh, and then leave a message because nobody's going to talk to you in person, apparently. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. What, that's, uh, that's a, kind of an odd thing. Dog just remains just laying there. Yeah. it's uh, and, and, and Bacon Street is kind of like this little tucked away street on Riverdale Street. Yeah. So I don't know. Somebody's man. up to shady stuff. Yeah. I think uh, I think you're right. School districts across the nation saying they're seeing a surge of bad behavior in the aftermath of of the pandemic. Ever since students came back and returned to in-person learning, it seems they're having a hard time adjusting and abiding by the rules of the classroom. In a recent survey, 70% of teachers, principals, and district leaders said that the students are misbehaving now more than they did in 2019, which is up 66% in December of 2021. One-third of the educational students... Yeah, 66% from December of 2021 when nobody was in school yet. Yeah, you had half your classes were all hybrid. One-third of the educational staff in a new poll said students are misbehaving a lot more. Some educators say they've seen more fights and aggressive behavior, so what seems to be the issue? Experts say the culture shock and whiplash from the extended period of remote classes is one of the psychological and academic factors behind the problem. Uh, 22 News spoke with families about how behavioral issues are impacting the classroom. Uh, this person from Springfield said, my daughter comes home and complains about how the kids don't pay attention to the teacher or they don't listen. I've expressed the importance of how much she needs to, despite what she sees. I think it has a lot to do with the parents. We have to sit down and let them know how we expect them to be when we're not around. You know what I would, uh, think would be more of an accurate comparison rather than like, you know, you know, last year's numbers to this year's numbers. How does this compare to pre-pandemic behavior in class? So like last year, the kids come back. They're kind of uh, there's still a lot of trepidation about being in a classroom. Yeah. A lot of kids are, you know, are at home and uh, you know still on 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 Zoom or whatever. This is the first year in a long time that everybody is back, pretty much back to normal. Are we back to like a normal 2019 uh, misbehavior uh, numbers? No, no, this is worse than 2019. Some students seem to be emotionally unavailable, which in turn is causing them to act out and not socialize with others. Hmm. And this directly corresponds to youth mental health crisis that has continued to gain momentum in the last decade. When you shove a bunch of kids into a room uh, at their house and don't let them come out, you're going to have adverse effects from that. I don't know how else to say that to to you. No, you did a very fine job. Well, thank you. I uh, I appreciate that. Yeah. Uh, An elevator mechanic's failure to execute basic safety procedures caused an elevator at a New York City building to plunge six stories and crush a co-worker to death, prosecutors said on Tuesday. 67-year-old mechanic Peter Malatz was charged with criminally negligent homicide for the February 18, 2021 death of the apprentice mechanic Joseph Rosa at a Bronx building where the men were working to modernize the elevator. According to prosecutors, Malatz and Rosa were working on replacing the steel ropes between the elevator cabin and the counterweight when uh, Malatz told Rosa to go to the pit at the bottom of the shaft. 
At Malatza's instruction, prosecutors said Rosa secured the counterweight, then used a small saw to cut through the ropes. The elevator cabin plunged down the shaft and crushed Rosa. Ooh, man. Prosecutors say Malatz had failed to carry out a procedure called hanging the elevator cabin, which prevents the elevator from falling when the ropes are cut. Additionally, they said he had earlier removed a safety feature called the governor, which triggers the elevator's braking system in, in order to replace it with a new one. The replacement didn't fit, but instead of reinstalling the old governor, Malatz allegedly uh, continued to work on the elevator without the safety feature. I don't know. Sometimes you got to cut corners to get a job done. You're absolutely right about that. You know what's the the, the most difficult part about uh, elevator elevator maintenance? Why? That job's got a lot of ups and downs. I was just going to say. Thank you. I'll be here all week, everybody. Try but, the veal. But but when you when you get a promotion, you, you're on a whole new level. Get it? <laughs> gotcha. <sighs> I could hear a cricket in the room. It's a very uplifting job. Though. Oh, I mean, you know what I'm saying? I know. I know. But these elevator <clears throat> puns really push my buttons. If you know what I'm saying? I, I know. I know. It's yeah. like every joke, one door opens and another one closes. You know what this guy's favorite movie is? No, what? Shaft. Oh, of course. It is. Uh, <laughs> uh, what, what did the one competitive elevator say to the other? I don't know. You're going down, man. <laughs> going down. Everyone hates the prison elevator. You know why? Why? It's condescending. Condescending. Yeah. Yes, of course. Beware of those sneaky elevators. Yeah. They're always up to something. Oh, that's the truth. That is the truth. All right. That concludes the elevator pun portion of the Bax and Nagel program. We'll right, reconvene tomorrow with other puns. I thought we were just getting into it. <clears throat> no, I'm, we're done. How many, more, uh, how many more puns can you do? Well, I can't think of you any. You can't think hand. of any no. other ones. Yeah, yeah. But I'm, but I'm not the one scouring the internet for elevator jokes. A uh, Noink, 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 Connecticut. You ever hear of that place? Noink, N O A N K. It's a coastal town. Noink. A Noink man was arrested for painting a pink stripe on the state tech capitol doors last Friday. The suspect was identified by Capitol Police as 36-year-old Kevin Blacker, a former congressional candidate. Should be Pinker. Yes, for the uh, Green Party. Uh, Capitol Police said the incident happened around 3.30 p.m. on Friday. It was recorded by video cameras, and law enforcement said investigators examined the footage to figure out who did it. Blacker was served with an arrest warrant around 3.50 p.m. on Tuesday. State police worked with Groton Town Police to locate and detain Blacker. He was taken into state police custody and was transported to Hartford. Blacker's arrest charges stem from an act of vandalism committed at a historic state capitol building in which pink paint was applied to the antique and distinctive wood and glass doors of the buildings at Capitol Police. Main you can get that off with goof off. You probably can, yeah. yeah. Maintenance crews alerted Capitol Police to the vandalism after it was noticed. Capitol Police uh, said surveillance video showed Blacker dressed like a maintenance worker as he walked up to the Capitol with a paint roller and a paint can. All right, think about what we're talking about here. You got a guy named Blacker painting a door pink mm -hmm. in support of the Green Party. You want to talk about a guy who's confused. Maybe he's colorblind. That's I was thinking yeah. the same thing yeah. because well, although I, although, you know, green, uh, you know, that's one of the things you, you might not see in colorblindness. But but pink and black, I mean, come on, dude, uh, pick a color and stick with it. Law enforcement went to an address linked to Blacker on Saturday, but he was not there. Officials said Blacker contacted investigating officers, but he refused to discuss the incident. Did you, uh, do you know anything about uh, somebody dressing up like a maintenance person and painting pink on the door? <laughs> no. Why? 
Because could, there's uh, you got pink paint on your yeah, fingernails. Could I have possibly uh, been on camera doing this? Not thinking that there's cameras like everywhere. I don't know. This guy's got a lot of problems. Uh, let's see. Uh, I was doing that one, doing that one. We did the elevator one. Oh, how about uh, how about this one? Uh, an Arkansas woman is concerned about her family's health, claiming her neighbors have been defecating in buckets and the feces washes into her yard when it rains. <sighs> All right. All right. Erica Craig says she's been dealing with her neighbor's fecal matter ending up on her property for about three years. Three years? Three years. They've been uh, taking their feces in buckets and dumping it in the back of their property and then across the street at another person's property. They've been dumping it on their property, too. She said at one point the neighbors had a hollowed-out porta potty and were letting the waste wash down into the ditches. I mean, it's Arkansas, well, so it's not I, yeah, like you know. I, I know, and I'm sure there's you know there may not be indoor plumbing in this in this uh, neighborhood. But uh, for crying out loud, three years this is going on. Everyone around them has sold their homes, which are leaving the ones that are still left here to just kind of sit and suffer. Craig said. She adds that when the wind blows, the smell is almost unbearable. You remember? I remember uh, being a senior at Minichog High School, right in the early uh, days of June when it started getting really hot, and they would open that uh, garage door on the shop. Yeah. This is the old Minichalk building, by the way. Sure. And they would open the garage door on the shop, and man, you could smell that turkey, uh, the turkey farm. Remember the uh, oh, yes. turkey farm? I do. You could smell that, that there's something about the turkey poo being used as fertilizer. It's it's, it's overwhelming. It's very overwhelming. It's effervescent. <laughs> yeah, that's for sure. Uh, when the wind blows, it's awful. You can't even sit outside. You can't even sit in that back room back there with the door open because the smell just consumes the house. Craig says her parents have lived in the same home for 32 years, and due to the fecal matter in the last few years, she's been worried about her family's health. I've gotten sick. I've got to go to the hospital for organ failure. Now, that has nothing to do with the six pints of Jim Beam I'm drinking every day. (laughs) But I'm pretty sure it has to do with the fecal matter. It certainly ain't going to help. And they don't know what caused it. And after they started doing that, my dad's been in the hospital many times. He was really sick there for a minute. Nobody's thinking because of human waste. So it's not something they're looking into. Um, has anyone asked the uh, the family who is responsible for this uh, waste uh, for a statement? Uh, I don't know. So they're not they're not talking. They're mm-hmm. not saying why. They've been doing this for the last three years. They're keeping their traps shut. It's the only thing they're keeping shut. Craig's home is about 300 feet outside of the North Little Rock city limits, so she went to the city, to the county to see if they could help. Pulaski County said it does not have jurisdiction over sewage matters and to direct any questions to the Department of Health. The health department sent the rules for general sanitation, including the disposal of human waste, which read in part, all sewage must be deposited in sanitary sewers, Treatment facilities, septic tanks, et cetera, et cetera. Well, that really doesn't help no. the problem of the people continuing to do it. That's disgusting. It is disgusting. I mean, I wouldn't want to. I wouldn't want to live next to these people. It was like uh, I tell you that my, the worst episode. The, the reason why I stopped watching Hoarders was because of the poop bucket lady. Yeah, she had like salads stored next to the bucket uh, <sighs> that she would put her waste into. Hoarders is the most disturbing yeah. show on television, next to like the Toe Bro or uh, Doctor Pimple Popper. 
I kind of give those people a pass because they clearly are mentally ill. There's uh, something going on there <laughs> that's preventing them from cleaning up their domicile. I agree, but it's uh, it's it's disgusting. It is disgusting, and that was, uh, you know what, I'm like, I've had enough TV for the rest of my life after seeing that. <laughs> like, how, like, what else are you going to do? What are you going to do to shock me? Now? Yeah, right. That's already the most shocking thing you can think of. Your Pioneer Valley forecast today is going to be uh, overcast with a chance of a shower here and there and a high of 57 tomorrow. More of the same with a high of 54. It's 48 right now in downtown Springfield. I'm Steve Nagel, and that's the news on Rock 102. Are I'm you? satisfied. Rock 102, Springfield's Classic Rock. It's 851. And Stone Temple Pilots with Bax and Nagel on Rock 102. It's going to be overcast today with the chances of shower here and there throughout the afternoon. High of 57 tomorrow. More of the same with a high of 54. It's 48 right now in downtown Springfield. You know, I've been to the uh, the Rock and Hall of, Hall of Fame twice. Mm-hmm. You know, once uh, I was I got there 15 minutes before closing time, still saw the whole damn thing. Yeah. And, they, and another time, actually, uh, you know, I took my kids when they were old enough to uh, appreciate it. And, mm-hmm. and, you know, we spent a couple hours there, and then we got back in our car and kept driving. Uh, there's something about the, the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame that is just the stupidest thing ever. Okay. Uh, they just announced this morning their uh, their their class of 2023. These are the inductees that are going in. Okay, so follow me on this one: Kate Bush, Cheryl Crow, Missy Elliott, George Michael, Willie Nelson, Rage Against the Machine, and the Spinners. How many of those are rock and roll? Uh, other than uh, maybe Rage Against the Machine, I would say none. Did you mention the White Stripes? Uh, the White Stripes were nominated. Oh, they weren't. But they didn't get in. Here, oh, here's who was nominated but didn't get in. Okay. Yeah. The White Stripes, Soundgarden, Iron Maiden, Warren Zevon, Cindy Lauper, <laughs> And Joy Division New Order. But Kate Bush and Sheryl Crow and all those other people got in. I actually have more of a problem with Sheryl Crow getting in and uh, than maybe Missy Elliott or, or you know, George Michael. Mm. I mean, well, she had her hits, but is, is that, I mean... But is that is that, even, is, is that better than Iron Maiden or Warren Zevon? I don't think so. But even George Michael... You're talking pop. It's pop music. It's not rock and. What are you defining as rock and roll? And I don't understand what their parameters are for this. Well, I think their parameters are very loose. I mean, they've 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 included R and B acts before. They've included uh, country music before. Willie Nelson. I don't really have a problem with. Uh, you know, there are hip hop artists in there, but it's just like, how do you how do you let a Sheryl Crow or even a Missy Elliott, for that matter? Who you know, I mean. Nothing wrong with either one of them, but I mean, are they, is their influence greater than a White Stripes or an Iron Maiden? I I don't think so. And I just like, you, who is judging this? I mean, who is really thinking that these are, this is a class to get excited about? I just, I just don't understand what I, I, for whatever reason, they do this over and over again. The class that they let in. You know, has people scratching their heads like, why are why them and not these? The foundation's nominating committee, made up of rock historians, uh, select nominees each year in the performer category who are voted on by an international body of some 500 rock experts. They can't <laughs> all be idiots, right? Well, it's like so it's like the Academy when people vote for movies. 
you know, you're voting for colleagues and you're voting for other music professionals within your in your realm. I don't necessarily think that they're getting these right, though. You know, like I don't I don't get it. I don't understand. I never, you know, Dolly Parton last year. Mm -hmm. I guess if you're talking about influences to rock and roll. Maybe that is what it is. I mean, I, th I think that is part of it, but I don't think there's a whole lot of rock and roll artists who, who will tell you that I, I would be nothing without Dolly Parton. But but but, but, <laughs> but I'm be saying, or I would be nothing without but, Duran. But Duran. do you see where I'm getting at? Like maybe it's the contribution to rock and roll versus you were a rock and roll artist, right? Well, they've they've, you know. they've got you know, like lifetime achievement awards. Like you know, Don Cornelius is getting a the, the Ahmet Erdogan. Uh, lifetime Achievement Award. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, you know, it, it, certainly you could say that uh, Don Cornelius, the host of Soul Train for many, many years, you know, maybe deserves a, a, a respectful nod for his career. Right. But you look at like the Basketball Hall of Fame. You know, amidst tried, all of, I tried to go, I couldn't find a parking space. Yeah, that was the, that was the problem. <laughs> That's their biggest problem. There's no parking. Mm -hmm. But you know, when they when they induct somebody. Okay, I mean, there's some international uh, inductees, but you know, like the the main, you know, the main inductee of the Hall of Fame, you kind of say, all right, I can I can see that, but I also see that they want to incorporate, you know, women's basketball, sometimes high, high school and college, and mm. and and certainly international basketball. Usually, you can say, all right, that makes sense. Baseball, football, same thing. You can totally understand that. This Hall of Fame is such a phony sham that it's almost that it's almost impossible to imagine that. Iron Maiden, one of the, the, the biggest metal bands of all time, can't get in, but Sheryl Crow and Missy Elliott can. Well, it doesn't make any sense Cheryl to Sheryl Crow performed during last year's uh, performance, so they're like, oh, you know what? She'll be a good fit for next year, and let's put, keep her in there. Yeah, okay, but does she have a Hall of Fame caliber career behind her? Uh, what are you doing? Well, Makes that's some what sense. I mean. I mean, she collaborated with a lot of different artists. I guess maybe the contribution part. Sometimes you don't know, like, what people have done either. You don't know. Like, you only know them. You only know Sheryl Crow from singing that, uh, what's that song? Uh, 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 this uh, ain't no disco. This ain't no country club either. Yeah, right. Yeah. What, 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 all, uh, all I want to do. Yeah, uh, that, that's the one. Yeah. Uh, most people only know you from hearing the songs that she sings, but you don't know. Like, well, I mean, she was a backup singer from Michael Jackson. I knew that. But was she a producer of somebody else's album? Like, these I are all the things that, that that might be considered. But you know what? We don't know because none of them tell you what they're considering when they're putting into the who gets into the Rock Hall of Fame? I know. It's all kind of a bunch of hogwash. The whole thing is hogwash. It's malarkey. It is hogwash. It's, it's total baloney. It's my boomer talk out here. I don't know these damn kids. Who the hell is this Cheryl Crow? Nothing but boobies running that place. Yeah. Who's eating crow now, huh? <laughs> what? It ain't Warren Zevon. <laughs> it definitely ain't Warren Zevon. It's uh, 858 with Bax and Nagel on Rock 102.